What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to another edition of Real Chronicles, brought to you by CinematicReal.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with today, Mr. Jack Renault. What is going on, fellas? Hope you all had a good week, you know, had a good May 4th. Uh, gotta ask, what could we possibly be talking about today? I don't know. After May 4th. I do not know. But, joining us, making a return, which coincides with our coverage today, is Mr. Hunter Friesen. Welcome back, Ooh, good know, sir. It's been a while. It's been almost two months, like a month and a half, six weeks, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, I, it was no coincidence. I was like, ooh, Return of the Jedi. I'm going to return on that day. <laughs> yeah. So happy it's... to be back finally after a long sabbatical of finding myself in this world. And you have a, you, you're going on another sabbatical after next week. Next week we have a fun draft coming, and then you're going on a, fu- a very fun sabbatical, I'll say. One that Jack and a... I are probably jealous over. <laughs> This is a corporate event, or uh, like for this podcast, you know, this is for work. I'm going here, yeah. So for the private jet, got yep. it all ready. Exactly. Out. You, yeah, you, you got the receipt for that, right? Uh, I, Dave, do, you're I do. I do. Me? Uh, I'll call the Roy's. They can, They got. They all got right, me covered. Good. Uh, cool, so cool. today we are covering the 40th anniversary. Every year I like 40. to do, yep. yeah, 40th anniversary of the Return of the Jedi. Every year I like to do a Star Wars themed podcast the first week of uh, May. To celebrate May the 4th, Star Wars is my favorite franchise uh, of all time, despite the toxicity that surrounds it. I adore it. Uh, so Return of the Jedi being for, turning 40 this year, I feel is the perfect movie to cover, especially with opinions on this movie. I think people are very have the blinders on in the original trilogy aspect of, the, of, of Return of the Jedi because I think this is easily the worst of the trilogy. And... I'd even go as far to say Revenge of the Sith is better than Return of the Jedi, but that's another conversation for later on the show. Uh, but yeah, let's get into some of the news of the week. I I teased it earlier uh, to Jack and Hunter off, off the line, and Jack made a face as to what television show is ending that I possibly could be talking about. Uh, so I'm an old man. I feel like this is in my 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 area. I love this show. I've called it the, success, the Western Succession, but we're... Uh, my. Me and all the old folk are going to lose Yellowstone in November, and I'm very, very sad about it. Uh, going to conclude with season five. And I blame Hunter for this. You know why I blame Hunter for this? Because Clint Eastwood wants, I mean, Clint Eastwood, because Kevin Costner wants to make like a four hour Western, and he needs. No, he makes, well, he makes a four part Western. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. And so, they're probably all three hours long. They probably are. Yep. So he has to, and I do understand, like, he wants to commit to the make, directing the movie. So totally get why he's leaving so with him leaving they're going to conclude the show and bring matthew mcconaughey in i guess i'll because i know hunter doesn't watch succession jack will you give this a shot when succession is over after me calling it the western succession for like the past like year and year and a half it's on the radar uh i definitely have a couple other shows that i do want to look into but we've talked about it before like I always have like that summer show, like now that school's ending for me and I actually have time to like sit and watch mm-hmm. stuff for hours on end. Like Twin Peaks was that last summer. Uh, that could be that. 
Uh, what was the? Uh, did they give the date for when it's ending, or so, is it just in production now? Season five is done, but they haven't aired the final episode yet, and they're going to air them. It's mm. a very weird split. Season five started like in January or February, and they took this extended long break. And my guess is that they're doing it because they're probably going to reshoot the ending of five uh, to make a to bring a finality mm. to it. Uh, and then December, the Matthew McConaughey series is supposed to start. I see. Okay. So, but I'm a big tip. Yeah, go ahead, Hunter. It's a lot like Succession as well, where they announced that it's the final season really shortly. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't expect, like, you know, we didn't expect season five Yellowstone to be it when they're halfway through it already. Yeah. Same with Succession, where they announced this is the final season like two weeks before it premiered or whatever. Especially with. mm, So weird. Yellowstone is one one of the highest rated shows on television. So, but like like we said, I get why. Costner is stepping away from. He, from they it. did a test screen his Western movie at CinemaCon last week. So you did know, you hear anything? Get, he, I did not. Nobody, because I don't think anybody actually prominent went and saw it. But so, uh, but it, it's at least getting in the stages of being ready. I don't think it's dated for this year. So I think it's long, or I don't think it's got a date at all. Like you, if, even if it's next year or this year. Do you know who's who's dropping it? Like what studio has it? <laughs> I'll look it up right now. I'm curious. I, I suspect it'll be an Oscar player next year. Yeah. I mean, Costner's been out of the Oscar game for a long time, but I mean, obviously was, if you got, has he been he in since like dances? I think he no, was nominated. He was nominated in 2016 for uh hidden figures. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's supporting. Uh, I think you believe, yeah, he was nominated for supporting actor that year. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, you got to double down on that. Cause uh, I want to see you fall. He does. He was not nominated. Was for it he? Figures. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I'll That'd be the that. worst Oscar nomination. Uh, oh, oh shoot! Sometime. I could have sworn he was. Did they campaign? Did they campaign him for it? I feel like there was a push there somewhere for him. Uh, it is. I might have pushed Jim Parsons. Production company distributor New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Discovery. I, so Warner Brothers. Oh, Warner Brothers. Okay. Oh, All right. So yeah. I, well, they're not doing it this year. They got like five other movies they got to campaign. Yeah. So there's a reason. There's a reason they moved Joker to next year. When it it was it finished shooting like a like a few weeks ago, Her, so yeah. Horizon and American Saga. That's what it's called. Can't I can't wait for it, right? For eh, eh. I mean, it's I'm, I at least applaud him for like being this uh, uh, like ambitious with it for sure. So um, I give him that one. Uh, this upcoming movie, I am very excited. Uh, I love Jason Reitman as a director writer. Uh, he's going to direct a behind the scenes film on the accounts of SNL's 1975 opening night. Uh, yeah, that th- it feels right up his alley of in terms of like his indie his indie work. I think this is right up his alley. The, the, that and then like you know, I mean, I mean his father Ivan Reitman. I mean he worked with a lot of the people in that cast, so like he definitely mm-hmm. also has that kind of tie in. Mm-hmm. And we obviously see the justice he did Ghostbusters, so that's definitely a good. Uh, tie in there that I like also. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you have a favorite Reitman film off the top of your head? Big fan of Up in the Air. That I will say that yeah. and Ghostbusters are my two. My two. Mm-hmm. What about what about you, Hunter? I think the only one I've seen of his is The Front Runner, which is a okay movie. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I, was Reitman also film. Reitman? Oh, he did Juno. Yeah, yeah he did yeah, Juno. Yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, Juno either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just haven't seen most of his movies. But yeah, very excited for this. Uh, my assumption it'll be a 2024 player. Uh, oh, at yeah. Least, uh, at least festival player. Uh, and then last bit of news are two trailers. Uh, 
Jack, are you a Gran Turismo guy? Eh, give or take. <laughs> Hunter, do you play video games? I do. It te- technically Gran Turismo's PlayStation, so I never really played it. <laughs> we had we had we had Forza Forza's on a Xbox. I have played that. Yeah, interesting. The trailer looks fine. Whatever. <laughs> I've. I mean, it's it's at least maybe the best way to adapt this material that it's like a true story and this actually happened from the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it'll be a good movie, but I'm like, eh, at least you chose a good way to do it. It's not just some like generic racing movie with Gran Turismo title stamped on it. It's at least going from the game, but yeah. I have, uh, if, it, if it's like, you know, seeing in IMAX or whatever, you get that feel of the racing and it's enjoyable enough time, I'll be happy. It's August, so I don't care that much. Yeah, if if it wasn't coming from uh, Neil Bloomkamp, I'd probably be more excited for it. Because what a what a run after District Nine with Elysium, Chappie, and Demonic. That is quite the fall from grace. Uh, yeah. But the other trailer uh, is uh, I I cream my knickers about forty seven times after mm. watching this trailer. Doom Part Two. I yeah, this this looks like everything I wanted and more. Uh, can I make a early prediction? Austin Butler is going to get a supporting actor nomination for this. Hmm. I've, I've I do not know the Dune. I have not seen the Lynch version, so I don't know what his character arc so, is. So, like, what what would his character normally do? I can. I'm already thinking he's going to be the main antagonist, bad guy. Pretty Yang much. Paul. Pretty like, much. You you're, you're exactly where you're on. You're on board. Is it going to be just? Is he going to be Boba Fett where he just stands around and looks mm. awesome? But like, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't think Austin Butler would do that though. I'm I'm just making the joke. I I'm going to say Sting. Sting. The singer Sting played him in the David Lynch version, <laughs> and it was. I've seen the clips on YouTube over about the top. That. It is. Yeah. I, it's going to be one of those chew the scenery performances. I I can see Austin Butler doing work in this. Uh, the trailer itself looks fantastic. Uh, oh, yeah. Jack, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, we already kind of saw it as being an Oscar contender, and this definitely seals it up. Uh, yeah. So the Austin Butler thing that would be. Oh. Since Dune didn't get any acting acting in last time, getting it in mm-hmm. this time would definitely be interesting. Uh, and obviously, second placer for best actor last year definitely wouldn't be a bad thing on top of that. Uh, but uh, no, definitely really excited for it and glad that it's kind of just like picking right up where it was. Like there were theories that like there would be like a time jump or something, but it seems like he's just trying to like really make that continuation. I concur. It's my it's I'm my excited, year. Excited for the rebranding of all the Dune DVDs to Dune Part One. That's for sure. Mm, it's my yeah. year in advance winner, so I I kind of want to put yeah. Ooh, wow. Okay. So I kind of need Butler in there too to help my cause a little bit. So <laughs> I guess uh, so. Hunter, what do you think? Ah, I really enjoyed that trailer. I'm uh like we're gonna talk about Return of the Jedi. I love the Empire aspects of Return of the Jedi and then like in Game of Thrones, like the Lannisters, I always love them the most. So mm-hmm. when you get we have Florence Pugh, Leia Sedu, Austin Butler and Christopher Walken added to the kind of quote unquote empire roles in this, it's oh, I was like, ah, perfect. That's exactly what I love. Some of it's in black and white. Obviously it all looks incredible. I'm like I didn't even like Dune Part One, but I'm like, ooh, baby, I'm ready to go back and see two, Part Two. For sure, same here. I'm like super duper excited for this. Uh, mm-hmm. All we need is a Close of the Flower Moon trailer, and then we'll be all good to go. And it's out there in the world, just not for us. I'm gonna guess we're getting it the day it premieres. I can. That's kind of that's yeah, that's my is, prediction there. 
it's in like two weeks too. Like literally two weeks from yesterday, it'll premiere. Do you have? Do you are the dates out for like its actual premiere date? They've kind of leaked oh, okay. as well. Yeah. So I think the funniest thing was, uh, where was it? Where was it? Where was it? it I think it was the Todd Haynes movie premieres right after Kills the Flower Moon. Oh, so so people watch a three and a half hour Scorsese movie, be like, all right, get back in. It's time for Todd Haynes. <laughs> Just like whoop. At least he doesn't go too long. No, Todd Haynes is like movies like hour forty five, yes. so it's short. But it's just like, damn, that's not a. And it's like starts at like eleven thirty p.m. Then it's like that's just not fair to Todd Haynes. Man. How how are you gonna handle those two? I mean, well, I'm not gonna watch them. I, I will see the Todd Haynes movie. I cannot see Killers of the Flower Moon. That is because it's now out of competition. So it screens once and then it's gone. Oh, so okay. never mind. All right. Uh, so sorry, I, the the business trip won't be as fruitful as you want it to be. Can you get? <laughs> will you get us indie? You will not get us indie either, right? No, I can't. That's right. That's even right before it. So at least I you'll get be... us. Uh, you'll so get you're, us. You're getting asteroid, right? Yeah, he's or getting you're, asteroid. You're gonna yeah. try to at I, least. I will try, and at at some point, I will have to make the business decision as well. Where if because asteroid comes out literally like two weeks after, I'm like, well, right, yeah, true. depending. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But obviously, sure. I want to see the new Wes Anderson at Cannes. That'd be so fun. Yeah, for sure. Very excited to hear your thoughts on it when we get there. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, that's all the news for the week. Let's get into what we watch. Uh, Jack, you have final, so I don't think you have much, right? Uh, I think actually everything that I have, you actually have too, because it's uh, two shows and then a series of movies we're talking about today. All right, so. awesome. Uh, Hunter, do you have anything you want to highlight? Um, I will not go over what I watched. I'll be quick. I'm not going to watch. If it's a new movie... Just assume I've watched it. That's pretty much it at this Sounds point. Good. But I did I did a Hitchcock mini marathon about a month ago with 39 Steps, The Man Who too, Knew Too Much, Shadow of a Doubt, and Marnie. So not like the Mount Rushmore stuff, but it was, you know, the good ones. 39 Steps was easily the best, I think. So mm-hmm. I saw that one in 35 millimeters, so all the cracks and popping of sounds. It's from like 35, so that was really nice. Was it the Lori or the Jimmy Stewart Man Who Knew Too Much? Because he didn't... Uh, t- yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Okay, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The lower one's okay. Yeah, I, I can see why he himself wanted to remake that. Yeah. And it definitely yeah. I think is so better. That one I I I I did break your guys' heart when I said in the chat, I am not in love with Hitchcock, I found out now. I've seen I think eleven of his movies and the only one that like blew me away was Rope. And I love that movie so much. But like everything else has either met or not exceeded my expectations, so it's like, oh, oh well. But I still like him. And then uh, Minneapolis Film Festival went on, so I saw a lot there. I saw Showing Up for the second time. Still good. Blackberry I saw, which is the best brand biopic this year, I'm saying. Uh, I I agree. Yeah, it's the best one. Uh, Only because showing my age, Blackberries weren't around when kids started getting phones my age. They were already gone, pretty much. So I was like, oh, I wonder what happened. Because I knew Jordans make billions of dollars. I knew Tetris became the biggest game in the world, so... At least I was interested in that. Uh, that somewhere in Queens movie that you saw like a year ago. ago Dave, <laughs> I finally saw it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah. it's fine. Yeah, but I, I was I was I should have texted you. I was going to text you a picture. I was like, hey, a year later, I'm finally seeing it. <laughs> and it's still not out. I know it just came out in theaters and it's gone. Is and it is right it now? Did it go out wide? Because I know it's playing in New York. Finally playing in New York. Yeah, it went out wide, and that was a big. Because I, I was, I think I watched some other movie at a theater. I watched Bo is Afraid in the theater because of just other stuff lined up. But then Summer in Queens is playing in the next theater over. I walked in, nobody was in there. I was like, oh, that's a shame. yeah, that's about right. Yeah, It's yeah. a shame, but like, that's what's going to happen. And then um, 
uh, In the Mood for Love is playing tonight at a theater. So I'm doing Wong Kar Wai these past few days. So I watched Chunky Express and Fallen Angels. Both are pretty good. And then I'll keep going afterwards. And then tomorrow night is Godfather Part 2 at one of our theaters. So Ooh. I'm going to rewatch that. I, I, so. I feel like... What what are you what are you at right now on it? I think I'm at eight out of ten. Okay, with th- like I... a high eight out of ten. It's still like it's like number. Or I think it, I just moved up to nine out of ten. It's like number like thirty five. I think we're I think we may get so there. I'm hoping to jump. Jack, we're gonna get there. That's what I'm wanting. I think I, we're getting I, to I, five. I, I just can't wait for his like. I just re- I just realized that like our year and a half worth long of a. Uh... Black Turtleneck Guy discussions is finally going to be put into context again. For uh, so I, I know who he, I know who he is, but because I watched the movie when it, the fortieth, forty fifth anniversary, whatever it was. Yeah. When, what was the last time it was screened? I saw it then. So, but it's a long movie, and I'm like, well, I, yeah. obviously, I'm not going to pass up not seeing it again. So, I'm surprised they're doing it this year. I don't know why they should have done next year. year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they'll do it again, and then because they sh- they showed The Godfather a couple weeks ago. Are you getting it? it but... Are you getting on a 35? Or are you getting 4K? I think this is just the 4K digital. So it's either way. I, think... I mean, it's, it's, I think to see that amazing. Theaters, it's like, yeah, it, well, that too. That was how it was with so. 2001 with me. It was like, uh, it's just like a tiny kind of theater with like no 70 millimeter IMAX. But I was like, still want to see it. Oh, yeah. It was the, yeah. The other theater across the street that I'm seeing in the mood for love tonight, uh, that they're showing Lawrence Arabia back in July. I was like, oh, do I watch it again a year later? <laughs> Not 70 millimeter. Though. I need this to is move to room. Minnesota where they just play Lawrence Arabian well, theaters every year. <laughs> These, I can't I, get I, down here. If we got King Kong in July, you know, it'll be a good time. Yeah. It's it's these two theaters are always showing some good it's stuff. It's so, so wild that, that you doing. guys get uh, in Minnesota. I mean, and Kentucky because when you sent me your lineup for the summer, we don't get that here in New Jersey. New York barely well, like, true. True. like New York, I'm I'm finally going to be able to see Raiders on the big screen in June, which I've mm. never seen. Ooh, so I'm nice. super excited yeah. for that. But like we don't get like what you guys get with like these old that's classic true. films. You do have the I- IFC Center, the New York Film Forum, or whatever. But like, I know that's not the, it's not like close or whatever. I don't know the geography. <laughs> that's but... a little. I mean, it's not far, mm-hmm. but it's actually a, a little bit of a commute. Like I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're doing a David Lynch. Uh, mm-hmm. I get not marathon, but they're releasing the his his documentary at IFC in June. So they're mm-hmm. doing like a retrospective of all his films, and I'm gonna try to. I'm definitely gonna see Twin Peaks and. I'm gonna to try to catch Mahal and drive there too, but yeah, that's mm. it's a very rare thing when we get that here. You're you're not going back in the Inland Empire again. It's gonna be a while, man. <laughs> that should fuck me that's up, man. Those, that's that's one of those where it's like I can't watch that every year. Yeah. That's gonna be at least a minimum five year break. Five, yeah. This. Like that's I minimum too. <laughs> like Jack, I, I I was telling Hunter like it, it was just me. I think it was our separate chat. Like I when I first saw it, it was the really rough like looking version of it like it looked right. like 2006. shit someone like just now getting a good print so now the, oh, yeah. now on the four it's not a 4k transfer because i don't even think you can upscale that to 4k it's it's a know. lot better than it was and the movie oh yeah the movie plays so much smoother for me because i'm actually under i can see what's going on it's it's <laughs> lynch is lynch but whatever <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine with him, but like when you say digital cinematography in 2006, I'm like, mm, yeah. that's nasty. <laughs> that's nasty. Now, if you say it, good. That's it's fine. I can't tell the difference too much. And the movie's interesting. Like the the oh the, yeah thematic 
the thematic ideas in it it's very interesting it's just very I mean, hard to watch the, some of the imagery is amazing mm-hmm. so it's glad that you can we can actually appreciate it more oh, now yeah i was uh, jc is the one that when i first started really diving into lynch's work he's the one that was like oh Inland empire is terrible and when i first saw it it kind of just felt the same way because of that but now I mean, that i could pay attention i was just like all right let's let's go this is this is good i wouldn't i wouldn't blame anyone for saying it's terrible mm-hmm. too because i'm like i was like do i like it i'm like i don't know it's a it's it's a movie that defies any criticism or praise or objectivity to it i there is no anything you can apply to it i agree uh it's not one that i would recommend for to anybody actually you got it it's one of those words because it is at the last his films so far so it's like it's got to be the last david lynch movie you saw so you're fully into his world then by the time you get to that one yeah i'm done i got nothing else to at this point unless yeah. i watch his monkey shorts which i've only seen one of them <laughs> i uh, saw the one monkey short that was i mean i'm not gonna watch more so like, it's, it's something that. yeah i'm uh, like i'm not a david lynch diehard i'm not doing this yeah it, it that jack even that's my limit Okay, so yeah. there is one. Good, good, good. Yeah, it, feature <laughs> films only is for me. I don't do because he's got like fifty shorts. So I'm like, eh. It's it's funny though. I now with like my latest update of Lynch, like Straight Stories, my last in his like Ooh. filmography, oh. and it's it it's only because it's his most like straightforward movie. I mean, yeah, it's also that where it sticks out. Like where Inland Empire is just like, oh yeah, that's a David Lynch movie. Even Straight Stories, the one I have to like explain more. I'm like, no, this is a David Lynch mm-hmm. movie, guys. Like this <laughs> is not fucked up movie. That's weird. This is just a regular braided G movie. I sincerely like vibe more with his Dune just because it gave us Kyle McLaughlin and his relationship with Lynch. Mm-hmm. Just that's that was well worth it to get us to Twin Peaks. Um, well, we can uh, we can talk about that when part two. I was gonna say more more, more on we this. Gotta, later. We yeah, got on this later. I definitely yeah. wouldn't mind covering the original. Dude. Oh well, that too. Yeah, that <laughs> that and 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 like half an hour when we actually. Yeah, that's for true. Sure. Uh, all right, cool. So for me, I went. I obviously, as always, I see a lot during the week. Um, movie wise, I had a Brat Pack week. I saw Say Anything, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, uh, Pretty in Pink, and Some Kind of Wonderful, all like right up my alley. I I can understand why like, mm. younger, the younger demo wouldn't really vibe with a lot of these, but I, I absolutely adore all of these. These are right up my alley, perfect. I saw them at the perfect time, and Ferris Bueller and Breakfast Club continue to fight for like top spot of my favorite coming-of-age stories. I absolutely adore them uh we're gonna talk about star wars in a bit uh i'm i'm gonna be on a podcast next week to cover uh the super mario brothers movie so i went on a video game movie dive this week i saw street fighter yeah (laughs) that's something um i saw more the 95 mortal kombat i i'm all in on that that's that's right on my alley what about the second i did see the sequel again I okay. another half a star. That movie is never going over a half a star for me. That movie wow. is just absolutely garbage. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> better. I I I enjoy it more than the like the new one they made a few years ago. <laughs> I because I for agree. the entertainment value. Yeah, I was <laughs> I I always look at like a really bad movie. Like I showed my wife Mafia Mama yesterday, right? Mm. And I know it's not a good movie, but if I'm gonna be watching something, at least I know it's. It's it's fun for how bad it is. I'd rather do that's how I feel with Annihilation. Like so I'm with you, Hunter. I'd rather watch Annihilation over the new one because it that's just like bland and boring and not it is. interesting. It's um, so boring. Went on it was my wedding anniversary, so I let the wife choose our movie to watch because uh if we don't go out, we watch a movie and have dinner at home. So she picked Air Force One and oh, there we uh, go. I adore 
Air Force One. It's so damn good. So is this the one day you let her pick the movie? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you only get one I gotta day. Think about that. I gotta think about that. I gotta think about that. I'll give her Mother's Day. And her birthday. And her birthday and Mother's Day. So we're at the three, we're at three. days we're at a three. year. <laughs> no, what we do do we what we do do is like we have a jar and we each randomly pick uh ten movies and write them mm. a little piece of paper and then that's how we sometimes pick like she'll have her 10 I'll have my 10 and Ooh, that okay. and there's no limit on there because she doesn't like watching three hour movies so yeah. that's my mm-hmm. only chance to get three hour movies in from her that's how I got her to watch JFK to be honest with you hey so gotta that, do what you gotta that do that was a way we had that we had that same jar kind of thing at uh for resident assistance during summer break or when not summer break but during like training so we had to go to school like three weeks early and we just watch movies every night but i flooded the jar with so many of my suggestions so we made sure <laughs> we watched the movie i watched because they would put in some crap where it was like let's watch high school musical again i'm like i'm not watching high school musical so i i with different I, well, I didn't go that far because, yeah, but, but I would have. But, like, I just did different handwriting on them so they couldn't all link it to me. I'm like, no, no, we're watching something at least decent here. Yeah, I don't blame so, you. And it worked out. I do. But she she has an impeccable taste with, like, uh, 30s and 40s movies. So she mm, has okay. put me on to a lot of great 30s and 40s Good. movies. I give her all the – like, as much as I love 30s and 40s movies now, is a lot has to do with her. She's kind of put mm. me – shaped that – that taste for me there uh then i just decided to just go into some Har- more harrison ford it's not clear and present danger haven't seen that mm. in a while it's phenomenal it's my f- i think it's my favorite of the clancy movies the adaptations uh patriot game solid hunt for red october i saw for the first time this week oh nice and it's what, good what, what happened well, i was gonna say what did you think it's good it's good it's not yeah. great it, I'll say, are any, the are any of the movies clean? I've ever seen, just like in terms of lighting, like I remember when I watched oh. it, it was like there was a big window behind us and the glare just made it so like we could hardly see anybody on screen. I was like, yeah, this is not the best viewing of this movie, but... So you should you should warn Tyler next time. Don't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was thinking of when I saw that. Yeah. Like, Tyler, Tyler is probably listening, so he will, hopefully he takes up on your advice there, Hunter. Uh, hey, I haven't seen After Hours, so I can't uh, tell him that. But we did watch Zero Dark Thirty in class one day in high school on a that movie bad is projector. So dark. <laughs> a bad projector. It was like this time of year. It was like the end of the year. The teacher's like, ah, I just put on a movie. So like the light was coming in from the window. Oh, so during the brutal. last twenty five minutes, when it's dark, I'm like, I literally can't see anything. You might as well turn the projector off. Like, <laughs> you might as well. So that's and that's the only time I've ever seen Zero Dark Thirty. That's why it's like like number one on my rewatch list. I'm like I technically haven't seen the end because I couldn't see a damn thing. Um, I yeah, it's it's I love Zero Dark Thirty. It's so damn good. I, uh, I would love it. I just gotta get to it again. And then the last two things, movie wise, I saw uh, Blackberry. I agree with everything Hunter said. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I did own a BlackBerry. It's the last phone I okay. owned. Yeah, it's there actually the uh, the last iPhone I owned before I mean the last phone I owned before the iPhone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've yeah. been on iPhone ever since. Okay. Uh, it's really No solid. no kid had a BlackBerry is what I say. That's like, I had a I flip phone so. my first one but like but nobody no parent gave their kid a BlackBerry as their first phone. That was I, weird. I so. will say I and do... by the and by the time you, kids could maybe have a BlackBerry they were already gone from the marketplace. So. I do mm-hmm. agree on the whole crackberry of it all. Like they mentioned in the movie mm. and in the trailer, I yeah. was obsessed with my BlackBerry. Like all jokes, like I guess, not even joking, maybe joking. It was the Tinder of its era because you had uh, be- BlackBerry chat, and like when you would meet someone, that you would exchange your BBM numbers, and that's how you how you, meet, you used to meet people before. Like all these dating apps started. It was very like a very popular thing during the era. Huh. Um, yeah. 
And then I saw Master Gardener, which I kind of been putting off oh. for a okay. long time. I see. I, I'm still trying to get that movie. Not that uh, like I, I'm like expecting to be some masterpiece, but I'm like, yeah, I want to see it. I I I did go three out of five. I okay. my exact so words it sucks is what I'm gonna I'm I'm taking the latest edition three out of five. yeah the latest edition of Paul Schrader throwing a dart at occupation board to fill in I'm just a tortured soul who used to be somebody else uh example taxi driver poker player gigolo priest and now gardener so essentially if you've seen every Paul Schrader movie you're you're you've seen Master Gardener except the middle part is insanely boring like. Insanely boring. There are some interesting themes that I kind of wish he would have dived in more. Uh, mm. Very surface level on the exploration, okay. as opposed to like you know, taxi driver well, or something along those lines. I also haven't heard a single good review for the movie, so my expectations are super low. But yeah. I'm like, eh, I've seen all, I've seen all of his other movies. I, I might as well see this one. I will say, Joe Egerton is kind of that's what took it from two and a half to three. Joe Egerton's really good in it. Uh, okay. well, and then this, nice. and this is more. Actually, you've seen it too. So, uh, finish how I met your mother. Uh, I, my wife and I do a very like a since we put the baby down, we watch like a very chill comedy before we go to bed and just dive through the series. Uh, this is like the fourth time I've seen Himium. Uh, very angry still. Now I'm pretty angry right now talking about it. Uh, I've never seen f- someone fuck up a comedy endings. It's very simple to end a, a, a sitcom, in my opinion. You don't have to o- overdo it. You can kind of just follow the mold. And meeting the mother, meeting Tracy, and I'm like, I love her so much. And then you do what you did in the finale. You don't need to twist in the finale. Just go straight forward. You meet her. You fall, they fall in love. Or game over. I don't like Robin. And every time I watch the show, they don't belong together. So I'm just like, oh, my God. The fact that they end up together is annoying. Uh, and then we just started. And I highly recommend maybe Hunter will like it. Definitely just feels like a Jack show if she, he hasn't seen it. It's Entourage. <laughs> that's a, that's a I'm big, actually I've I've seen it twice over. There you yeah, go. Man. There you go. Have you seen it, Jack? It, it is, that, it that's is a pure, big pure... my dad show. Dude, that uh, show it's, it's so and, and good. I, I know that it's just like a bunch of like it's just like a bunch of people in like LA. Oh like, yeah. It so, is I think it's it is guilty trash, but I love oh, it. Yeah, I love it, it. I mean, it's, it's not trash, but it's like they're it's so like toxic and, and bad, but it's so much fun. Let's it's just so fun. I'll give you this. So I, and maybe Hunter will agree. I think seasons one through four are, for what it's trying to do, are pretty perfect. Oh yeah, five I mean, is still good. Yeah. Six is when it starts to, it's still okay, but it starts to fall off the rock. Seven is terrible. Like that second to last season is awful. Then season eight is only eight episodes, so it kind of just closes it up. And then there's the movie, and then. Yeah, Jack, the movies. What, you say what? what what's the, what's the reading on the movie? Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's an just hour. A long episode. Yeah, it's a long okay. episode. <laughs> it's, but it's fine. our favorite, at least my favorite character in the show finally gets his comeuppance. If you know who I'm talking about, uh, Hunter at the hey, end of the what? movie, at the end of that movie, movie, Johnny oh, drama. Dude. What happened? I don't remember what happened. Oh, I, I don't spoil, I won't spoil it for Jack if you ever decide <laughs> yeah, to watch no, it. But he, you are right because there's a clear arc between seasons one through four where he's becoming a movie star. And then after that, they're like. Well, what do we do now? And yeah. then they just keep it moving. Do you know what it's about, seasons. Jack? Do you know what it's about? I just kind of know, like, I, I just kind of know that it's like, you know, like the guilty entertainment. Like, I don't know, like, the premise really. I know it's like LA and. Like, so kind of it, it's an it's actor. Fun. It follows an actor and his he brings his four friends to LA with him. And the show follows the actor. His best friend is his manager. He has an agent, Jeremy Pivot, who won the Emmy like four or five straight years. 
For yeah, yeah he was incredible. Yeah, he we, is absolutely. We don't, we incredible. don't talk about him anymore, though. Yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. But like, he is incredible on Entourage. Uh, and then you have his assistant, Lloyd, which you will meet in season mm-hmm. two. Who I love that character too. Uh, yeah. Jack, highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if Hunter I, is recommending trash TV, I was going to say that. That's I good, know. That's I've I've sure. I've went through the show twice. That's the thing. That's how much I liked it. I was like, you know, I want to watch it again. I'm I'll go through a third time anyway. It's 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 <laughs> it's it's so much fun. But you and feel it, I feel a little dirty after a while after watching it. And it's only mm-hmm. it's only like thirty minutes. Oh yeah. So you're. Harley makes her appearance on the podcast. Say hello. hello. Say hello. Um, yeah, so Entourage is great. Definitely watch it. Oh, yeah. And that's all I have this week. All right, let's get into why we're here. 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Uh, the final Star Wars movie, according to mm-hmm. George Lucas in 1983. Uh, let's start with how we started last week with 2001, Jack. First viewing... Of Return of the Jedi. I mean, like, the, I mean, the Star Wars movies, like, they're just kind of like, the first six are like one of those movies that's like, just been in my life so much that I've honestly just like lost track of when I first saw it. Uh, like, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Wizard of Oz, Sound with the Music. Those are like the four that have just like been in my life and I really don't remember. So I'm going to presume it was a blockbuster rental. Uh, like it was with A New Hope that we discussed last year, my mom especially pushed these movies on us. And if I'm correct, this one's actually her favorite, which I've definitely talked to her about a few times and just being mm-hmm. like, hmm. Um, but I mean, we talked about it earlier. I'm with you, Dave, that I think it's probably the bottom of the OG three for me. Mm-hmm. That said, it's still, you know, like an excellent way to end that series or that trilogy and i think that movie to me is kind of how i see indiana jones and the temple of doom Mm -hmm. like it's the bottom of the three Mm -hmm. but like i do think this might have the most good action scenes of the of the first three movies because i think while the other two have like their own stuff i think this is one this one i definitely think of most like for the action whereas like i think of empire for like the funny character moments and like incredible twist. And then the first star Wars, I mean, in some ways it's kind of also just like a Western in other ways. So, yeah, you know, this one I definitely look at as like maybe the most like action movie of them all, but yeah, it's definitely one that has grown on me in some ways and grown off of me in others. And Hunter. Yeah. Um, well, I think I might as well just get out and say it. Uh, now that you both have said, this is the worst of the three. Uh, this is actually my favorite of the. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! It actually is, and I and I something I don't say unprompted. I don't usually share with people unless they say something to uh, instigate it. So yeah, this is my favorite of the original trilogy. Is it the best one? Eh, probably not. It's my favorite though, so that's mm-hmm. counts as something. Uh, it's really close between that and Empire, obviously, and then. But it's not. Uh, I have the VHS box set of them. It's up, it's upstairs, so I might uh, maybe I'll go get it afterwards. But I probably watched all three of the original movies at least minimum fifty times as a kid, and this one maybe close to a hundred. So it was just on every day downstairs in the basement. I was playing with that stuff. So uh, yeah, I've I've and then I don't think I've actually seen it in full 
sat down and watched it in like 10 years now at this point. So I watched, um, I played some Lego Star Wars yesterday in the Xbox mm. and I watched the Family Guy, <laughs> the Family Guy special on this movie. So I'm caught up, you know, enough. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, nice. it, it, it's the trend where the um, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite of the prequel trilogy, only because the bars are a lot lower. Super low. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, it gets it by same with Revenge of the Sith, where it's like, oh, it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And then I think I watched it in full a couple years ago. I'm like, eh, it's not a good movie, but it is it's got some really good moments. I... And then uh, the the sequel trilogy, the Rise of Skywalker is definitely not my favorite. So it's it's Last Jedi. So yeah, same but, same for me. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, sorry. Uh, you guys can trash this movie. You're not going to trash it. But like, no. I'm going to be like, it's actually great, guys. It's, it's a great movie. <laughs> like, I'm still very high on it in terms of my score. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, for me, there's more. There's actually stuff that doesn't work. And whether where and I look at the first two and I feel like everything works. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I There's a few like miscast in our awards here. Like, I put a, like four or five things on there. I'm like, eh, it's not that great, but you know, I, I enjoy it. Uh, for me, I saw it in third grade, kind of same, okay. same story that I've told off the line and other podcasts that I've guested on the, uh, we had a show and tell in class and one of my classmates brought the vhs box set and that was before i had okay. ever seen star wars yeah, that might that might be the well it's not the same one because it's like the 97 box set upstairs but yeah. This, yeah this is not the 97 yes it was way the original vhs box set oh yeah talked yeah. talked yeah. about it i was like oh a talking dog like what Ooh. what is what is this a, a robot that chirps a, a goal talking robot like what what is this so kind of uh asked my mom if i could rent it took me to blockbuster and then the rest is history there um did you start you started with a new hope right you didn't start here no no no. i started in. i went in order four, okay. five, or, i, I assume this yeah story. uh yeah I, I liked it i had immediate problems even as like a six-year-old or seven-year-old third grader you're like even you know this third grader track mom no <laughs> i immediately feeding those soldiers that's my hey, thing I'm hey. like, I will. When we get to that part, I, I will give at least a slight. I have so many problems with those damn. Right, well, oh my God, we'll, we'll hold so it till we get to that. I'm um, guessing age the worst. You guys, we can talk about that. Yes, <laughs> yes. I I know this is a Jim Henson era, and we had to do certain things. But it's like yeah. I wish we could have done what was originally planned there, and I think it would have just elevated the movie even more. It probably would have been a five out of five for me if it wasn't for that. Oh. Uh as I've gotten as, when I got older, uh Princess Leia is like A plus 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 in this movie, especially at the beginning of the movie. Uh, uh, that's true. What are you? Uh, what are you grading here? Um, her her performance is her, her character development. Yeah, that's is that what you're grading? Her character development, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the ba- the final battle between Vader and Luke is up there as one of oh. my favorite moments ever. Uh, I think we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about it at least on what's aged the best. But the way that scene was shot with the darkness and the sabers all the only color mm-hmm. in that sequence is still one of my favorite moments Perfect. like ever uh all right so getting into the production of the movie uh following discussions between george lucas and howard kazan giant a sequel to empire strikes back was swiftly put into production as with the previous film lucas personally financed return of the jedi uh, Lucas also chose not to direct Return of the Jedi, and this is where we get to the conversation that it was going to be in the fun facts, but I put it back here because I felt like it's good to talk about in the production. What could have been? What could have been? Yeah. So Lucas's first choice was Steven Spielberg. 
I not shocking. Not shocking. Is his best friend, really? So you know why not? Um, then after that, the it was offered to David Cronenberg, <laughs> but he declined to make Videodrome and The Dead Zone, which I get it. Two of my favorite Cronenberg good, films, so totally get it. But yeah, the what if? The big, 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 huge what if? Would David Lynch was approached to direct Return of the Jedi, and this is right after he had been nominated for Best Director for um, The Elephant Man. It de- Lynch declined, saying he had next door to zero interest. Yeah. Have you seen the video where he talks about that? No. Is where it he, funny? Uh, it's like a, it's like a, it's like he's doing some interview for some movie or whatever. You know, he's doing some talk, and then somebody asked the question. He does like a four minute retelling of his the time he went up to Skywalker Ranch and like Lucas proposed the movie to him. He said, like, the more Lucas talked, the more David Lynch got a headache of, like, how the hell he's supposed to make this movie. Because <laughs> David Lynch is very much a don't give me a story. I'll just do whatever I want. So I, it, it was he, he says it lovingly. It's not like he hated anything, but he just said he just he's like, I would never have done that movie. It just is so complicated for, for David Lynch. to do Ironically, that. he goes on and makes. Following that's year. it's it's also why it's so funny versus like dune is even like more story plot driven <laughs> and just weird at least like uh, return of the jedi is like not a source material and the script was already written you didn't have to mm-hmm. i don't know it's 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 bafflingly weird so. jack you've recently gotten into just twin peaks of lynch what what do you think this looks like if it happens i don't I don't, I was going to say, that was one of the things, like, that and the Cronenberg were the two things. Like, Cronenberg, I was able to kind of visualize a bit more. I was like, that electrocution scene would probably look a bit different. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But, like, the Lynch, man, like, the combination of, like, Lucas's already, like, really awesome, like, kind of just, like, character designs. Like, I'll talk about that later. But, mm-hmm. like, throwing that in them with, like, David Lynch, like, they would probably come up with some cool-looking creatures. And that's one of my favorite things about these movies, just how different they look. So, it, it is it is, it is weird. We went from Spielberg, Cronenberg, Lynch, <laughs> to Richard Marquand, which, hey, he did a great job with this. But, like, that's a trivia question is who directed Return of the Jedi. No one else mm-hmm. can tell you that Had... in a regular conversation. So, I've seen... 4,078 movies in my life, and maybe more because I haven't logged everything on Letterboxd. I have never seen another Richard Marquin film. Have any of you guys? I only know him because he directed this movie as a trivia answer, or it's like nobody yet knows this. Honestly, I think if you ask people who directed Return of the Jedi, 75% of people would say George Lucas. Yeah. Just say that. I mean, that same 75% would probably say the thing about Empire. He oh, made, yeah. A lot of but people. Yeah, Irving Kirshner hasn't made another good. I mean, I think he had another one good movie, but like. I was going to say, I think he was just like a teacher that like he was just like close yeah. with Lucas. So if, if I go to Richard Marquand's known for one of these is the NBC horse racing uh, <laughs> special, like right next to Star Wars. So Star Wars so... was the last movie he directed. Or no, never mind. That's different. Deleted scenes. Never mind. Yeah, he did not direct anything that was of like, note. Oh, I have to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Birth um, of the Beatles, a Beatles concert. Oh, film. that sounds delightful. Sure. Big Beatles fan here. Um, yeah, these are nothing nothing good here that I, I'm going to watch. Screenplay was re- written by Lawrence Kasdan. And, that, mm-hmm. and the original title of the movie, which to this day I wish it would have kept, is Revenge of the Jedi. Um, the original... Yeah. 
the original teaser for the film carried the original name, and I have seen the original teaser that does show Revenge of the Jedi. Uh, in December 1982, Lucas decided that revenge was not appropriate as a true Jedi should never seek revenge and return and return to its original title of Return of the Jedi. Eventually, we did get Revenge of the Sith, so... That's, that's yeah. valid reasoning. I like that. I... Yeah, it's it's at least fine. That I, I is the that original teaser is that online? Yeah, it's it? on you. It should be on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll watch. I'll watch it after this. A big issue with the casting here was whether or not Harrison Ford would actually return for the final movie, which mm-hmm. makes sense with the events of Empire. Um. True. They they, they have left know. it open ended. They could have cut him out if they wanted to. Yep. Uh, Ford had not. Unlike uh, Carrie Fisher and Hamill, Ford did, was not contracted to do two sequels, and Raiders of the Lost Ark had made him an even bigger star. Um, I, Kazanjan convinced Ford to return. I played a very important part in bringing Harrison back for Return of the Jedi. Um, that is why he was frozen in carbonite in The Empire Strikes Back. When I suggested to George that we should bring him back, I distinctly remember him saying that Harrison would never return. I said, what if I convinced him to return? George simply replied that we would then write him into Jedi. I had just recently negotiated his deal for Raiders, and he he called Phil Gersh, who said he would speak to Harrison when he called, when I called back again. Phil was on vacation. David, his son, took the call, and we negotiated Harrison's deal. Ford suggested that Han Solo should be killed off through self-sacrifice, which eventually we get there in mm-hmm. Rise yeah. of Skywalker. Um, I mean, I don't think this movie works at all, even though he has lesser to do, less to do in this one. I just still doesn't work without Harrison Ford, I think. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I... This is probably the only time I'll include something like this. The special edition changes from the... Oh, I'm going to talk about them. Um, I hate most of these, except one thing that you probably... I I do think it's... I think it's second in terms of, like... I think Empire was, like, the one with, like, the least issues. Like, it had changes, but I don't think there were any that were, like... That, like, truly harbored, like, the watching. I I think Star Wars is the worst... And I think this one's kind of just like in the middle of the pack because there's always, some that's mm-hmm. like, eh, but others it's, it's like... most mostly in the beginning. Most of them mm-hmm. I've noticed. And I've always like I, that I remember at least. I've always felt like every for the most part, every single one of these is very unnecessary. <laughs> like well, uh, that's the whole conversation too. It's just like you ask the big why questions, like why did you even do this? Like what was the point? What that... is this something that like 20 years ago he's like, man, if only I could do this, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and I've gotten into arguments with people, just friends that are like oh but really scott can do it and you defend it but you hate on this i'm like really scott like extends his movies like an hour he actually wow, has he makes his yeah. movies better with his director's cuts yeah i was gonna say opinion. like blade like blade runner at first like the theatrical cut of blade runner is not good i was i've seen like that first cut it is not good but the director's cut once they remove that narration yeah. and put in the unicorn like that's where the movie is it's like, interesting. The that's why like Blade Jedi Runner Rocks doesn't add anything to the movie. <laughs> that's why Blade Runner has never jumped to number <laughs> yeah. one for me for Ridley for that very reason. The fact that he, he did need a couple of cuts to get there. Alien is just perfect from its initial cut. Per, yeah. Personally, yeah. yeah um, and then the director's kind of Alien. I. It's still Alien, and not anything that like makes or breaks it. Mm. Really. I mean, I, I think his best. Theatrical. His best, as in he takes a even trashier movie and turns into like a really great movie is a three hour cut of kingdom of heaven. Cause that three hour Ooh. cut is mm-hmm. night and day when you watch the oh, theatrical yeah. into the, I haven't even 
I haven't seen it theatrical, but I'm like, if you just cut even like 20 minutes out of this movie, it's not that good. I mean, it's not a great movie to begin with, but like it's got an overture, Jack. So like, there you go. Let's go. A lot of this oh, stuff. Yeah. I saw that in theaters in 05. And Ooh, I was very, was... I was very perplexed. There's a lot. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a, a black Christmas. screen and there's music playing. You're like, all right. <laughs> we're <doing a> movie. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Some of the things that they added in Jabba's palace, they, uh, an establishing shot of a bantha was added, uh, and most importantly, I think this was done in the Blu-ray release. They added a singing, like a CGI no. singing. No, band. That, that was that was in, that was also in the DVD before. Yeah, I, I, yeah. that that's one of my most hated things. That not only because well. I already don't like that song, but that OG song, <gasps> like that, just fits the tone so much. That's better, fine. Right? I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boop, like the, boop, the key. Boop. Sorry, I'm cutting off. I mean, it was just like the key, the keyboard, and all that. It, it kind of reminds mm-hmm. it, like it kind of gives like that, like sleazy kind of like club vibe, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to like I don't know, like jazz, a jazz number with like trumpets, mm-hmm. and it's just like, huh. <laughs> Uh, both the songs are great, but yeah, the CGI creature is like really bad. Where I see the original one, so it's a puppet, obviously you can tell, but it, like at least it looks decent. And this guy is like, uh, it's, it's early special effects where we couldn't make entire characters out of CGI and convincingly do it. I agree. So, and that's even in like Phantom Menace where it's all CGI. In this movie, we're like nothing else is CGI. So why is this one character like this? Right. And it looks terrible. <laughs> it's it's like okay, everyone else is a puppet around them and they look great. Two two of the most famous changes. One was the end of the climax in the I guess Emperor's temp uh, like room where Vader kills the Emperor with that giant no to match the Revenge mm-hmm. of the that's Sith. That's a newer one. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah, that's that one. is brutal. Um, yeah, and then the last two that I that I wrote in my notes for during the victory celebration at the end. Well, three because oh. they added the prequel cities. To the celebration mm-hmm. that, which... that is hands down the worst addition i think is just like where were these people this whole rebellion <laughs> time <laughs> why do they get to celebrate <laughs> the whole time yeah Jar- literally they're like, they're like we're free i was like it's like you didn't uh, do anything the worst part is they actually did win their battle in, in phantom menace then the guns they were did just their like yeah. we're done we're good but um, it's also one of those if if you were showing like a kid or so, like if this was somebody's first time watching the series mm-hmm. and you get to the end of Return of the Jedi and they show all these places, if you haven't seen the prequels, you have no idea who the fuck these people are. You're like, right. what is this? And then even me knowing all this, I'm like, why are we showing prequels shit here? Like it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. It, it immediately during the celebration, I'm just like, give me a, a I, next scene. <laughs> what I will say, I so much. do really like I the change from that uh yub nub song to the i do like the new song the score well i really like william's score on that i think that really really damn good Uh, and then finally the last change that probably the most controversial change to many was the uh the head switch from sebastian shaw to uh hayden christensen but I guess he did this for kids because if you're a kid and you're watching these movies, you're gonna be like, "Who's that old ass man with Obi Wan and no. and Yoda?" I that one I I don't like it, but I understand it a little bit more. Yeah. It's also like even no matter when you watch it, like nobody's gonna. I mean, you just you just assume it's Anakin, but like there is no precedent to know that's Anakin right away. Like we don't know what mm-hmm. he look. You know, he looks. I mean, you can the old Darth Vader when he takes his helmet, apply it to that, but. 
Yeah, it, is, it, is, it, it is also weird that he shows up old Anakin and Jedi where like Anakin was not a Jedi after he was like 25 or whatever yeah. he was. So like it's kind of it is kind of weird. So, so what does Obi-Wan like see when he says sees old Anakin and Jedi clothes? He's like, who the hell is <laughs> this no, guy? You, don't that. you killed half the Jedi. You don't get back in the club. <laughs> um, do I did I miss anything or did I touch on the ones that um, the more those are pretty much all the like the those noticeable are, those are the ones. Big ones. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, release in box office. So the movie was released on May twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three. Uh, it's pretty. I mean, it's nineteen eighty three, so this is still a large budget. Forty two point seven million. Uh, gross four eighty. Just a little chump change for hundred eighty million. I'm gonna, do you do you know what the uh, do you know what the other finishers in the box office that year were oh do you have that Ooh. i do I okay okay, okay good. all right can it can can Ooh. tunner and i guess uh, that's yeah, what i'm try. asking you to do oh, okay <laughs> i thought you were yeah, just gonna yeah, tell yeah. us all right, so, yeah, no, all right okay. let's start let's start at number two it was, sorry was this number one? Oh, by like three times yeah, i have okay. a i have I was, a guess i was gonna assume i was like i have a guess right. for number two go for it amadeus not even the right year no 1983. Yeah, oh no, 1984. Right idea. Right idea. Terms, terms of endearment. That's the best picture winner was, was number yeah, two. That was a yeah. huge one. We Back have to when go... the best picture winner was in the top ten. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when will that ever happen again? Uh... Trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of like. Other give us some. Big give us some help here. Okay. Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, well, yeah. Just see. start at number three and work our way down. Maybe. Yeah. Like a hint. The... Okay. Yeah. Number. number... S- Superman number three. Two. Actually, no. That didn't make which, it. Is, which is which is weird because yeah. I think that was the one movie to knock Return of the Jedi out of its number one position during its oh. like theatrical run. Oh, uh, but number two, Terms of Endearment. Three, Flashdance. Four, yeah, well, trading against that. Four, trading places. Yep. Oh, yeah, five is War that. Games. Really? Wow. Yeah. Six is Octopussy. Seven, Sudden oh. Impact. Eight staying alive, nine Mr. Mom, and ten risky business. Eight hey. was staying alive. Man, I mean that was a, I, I remember that was a big uh, reading. Was obviously, but like I remember reading that's insane. The power of John Travolta in the eighties for that garbage to be in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so, glad we did. million at the box. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't keep guessing because I was not going to get any. Of those <laughs> yeah. <things. laughs> I, 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 I I figured a James Bond movie would be in there, but I didn't know Octopus Which killed eighty three. Pretty like, shocked who, who on the Superman that? three one though. Yeah, honestly, and like honest, kind of the same for Return of the Jedi. And like I, I, I mean, I know Star Wars definitely made more money. How much did this make in contrast to Empire? Uh, I, I will tell you right now. Uh, I'm also while I'm looking it up, I'm also surprised that I did not hear Scarface. The highest growth. Oh, mm. I mean, or yeah. I don't think any of these are really rated R. I mean, in terms of endearment, maybe. Empire made that one. Empire made five forty nine. Yeah, so this was the lowest of the three. Interesting for mm. that's definitely not the case anymore. Because I mean, we could definitely see Guardians three become the highest of its respective trilogy now after it's blown up. Yeah, for sure. So if in, inflation wise, a forty two million dollar budget is about one hundred and thirty million nowadays. And what's the four eighty box office? Close to a billion, right? Uh, let's see. Yeah, it'd be one point five billion. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Uh, so, all yeah. right. Good, Move, good numbers. Moving into the trophy room, Jack's favorite award, the Saturn Awards. I feel like we always get some random things from this award show. So it won best science fiction film. Nominated for director, one for actor, one for costume design, one for makeup. Nominated for uh, score 
and won special effects. At the BAFTA, it was nominated for makeup and hair, production design, and sound. And at the Oscar, it was nominated for art direction, score, best sound effects editing, sound, and special achievement Academy Award was given to Richard Edlin, Dennis Murren, Ken Ralston, and Phil Tippett. My guess it's that a congratulations for concluding the trilogy type of deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's it's it's some pretty uh, revolutionary you know stuff going on in these movies. Mm-hmm. Just combining all of this together, uh, we're gonna so. do the Maurice Jars a little later. But Maestro's Corner, John Williams, just overall thoughts on the score. Uh, it's a great one. I I love the the whole throne room stuff with the emperor. I love that kind of haunted kind of tone setting music is my favorite. I agree, so. Jack. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that's definitely like the big point of it for me. This definitely was like I think probably like the least um, original of the scores, just because I think it had like the oh, least yeah. like amount of new music in. I think that. And then the Ewok music, the Oof. end music, and then whatever kind of <laughs> Jabba's Palace music. Uh, but, I mean, obviously it's good as always. Uh, I did not know this, but uh, there is another uh, big-name composer who was credited uh, for doing the orchestrations to this movie. Oh. Tom- Thomas Newman. Hey, Thomas Newman. all right. Yeah. Er- early, early Thomas Newman. Oh, uh, yeah, it's got to be way before i think anything he'd really done um oh dave did you touch on um uh, did you touch on the afi no go for it it, it was nominated for the movies list uh in 2007 and their thrills list but weirdly it was not nominated for their sci-fi list although star wars and empire both were was it was it like like our hundred sci-fi movies it was like their it was like their 10 top 10 where they did like the different genres it was the one of the three that wasn't nominated of the i guess i wouldn't put this one in the sci-fi like top 10 sci-fi movies of all time i wouldn't put this in there. yeah and the fact that they already have two of them in there i think that's that's, that's, that's um jack what age the best okay uh we're gonna start out with we're going to start out with the set pieces, as I talked about earlier. I think this has probably the most good fights out of the original three, and it's the most action, mm-hmm. that most action-esque. Uh, the Sarlacc pit, incredible. That was one of my favorite scenes as a kid. The speeder bike chase, uh, definitely. I've, I've, always, I've honestly always been of the belief that this most recent rewatch uh, further assured that it's not my favorite vehicle, in the Star Wars universe, but if I had to get one in real life, oh. I would take the speeder bike. Yeah. Just go fast yeah. and then you can like fly above traffic. Wee! Go like too high. It um, would be, yeah, it wouldn't have to get like, uh, you know, like uh, the ships. You have to have a lot of space to land a ship, mm-hmm. you know, like speeder bike. You can just do it through a freaking alleyway. It's, exactly. it's tight. It's nimble. Uh, the character designs, I think this time, just so many uh, unique ones that have stuck with me. Jabba the Hutt. Uh, Bib Fortuna, his servant with like the head that it's like a, the head that like wraps scarf. around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, obvious uh, Max Rebo too. I the, like the blue ant eater piano player. He'll be at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think he survived the crash, so you could definitely see. Hey, it that's that's canon right there, baby. <laughs> and uh, and Admiral Akbar. I mean, obviously too. Um, I think Luke's trajectory, like, peaking in this movie definitely, I think, is one of the things that, like, 
watching all three movies and you get to this point and he's just like fully confident in himself and everything, but still kind of has those doubts. Um, is another thing, uh, <laughs> the statement fly casual, I use kind of on an off basis <laughs> uh, with people. I don't yeah. know. Fly casual. <laughs> um, what does that mean in Star Wars terms? I've always wondered, but it's fun. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and, and just a little moment that, uh, I just kind of really liked, especially like rewatching like the movies collectively growing up. Wedge finally getting his rematch against the Death Star after he pulled out, the, <laughs> out after he pulled out of the first one, but he finally got that shot. I forgot uh, why does he pull? Why does he pull one. out in the first movie? I think his like jet got hit. Like he was good, but like he just like couldn't like stay there. And Luke was just was like, was, get out was of he him. in the in the trench and he left? I think he, okay. He was I yeah. I think he was this. No, Biggs got killed after him. He got, like, his jet got oh. killed, and he just backed out because okay. Luke too. But he yeah. finally got that growth for him, and I always, it always makes me happy seeing him. Like, he's honestly pulled his weight in all of the big battles because he got, he was the one to um, get the cord around the ATAT in uh, Empire. Oh, yeah. The Battle of the Hoth. So MVP for him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dion Raiders contender. Mm-hmm. All righty. And Hunter, what do you got? Uh, I talked like um, in Dune and, and stuff like the Empire, that kind of uh, kind of big ruling class. All those new people were getting the cast, like the introductions of Darth Vader and the Emperor at Death Star Two. So cool! Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. Got the Imperial March coming in, everyone's lined up and ready. It's a matte painting; you can kind of tell, but it looks so cool in terms of that. And it's 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 so intimidating to watch them come in, and it's it's so cool. I was because that's how they open the movie too where it's just him flying in and it's quiet and all that. It's oh, it's great. The Java Java's Palace, the band performance is kind of nice. But then the 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 I'm going to call it slave girl, I'm going to lack of a better term where she's she gets sent down to the rancor and that's how you first get introduced to it, but you don't see it, you just hear it. Mm-hmm. Like bone crunching and she's screaming and all that. You're like, "Ooh, something's nasty down there." And that's always scared me as a kid. And then at the same time, Job is like eating a frog and just slurping in his mouth. <laughs> you just you you can you can connect the dots. Like, "Ooh, this thing down there is just slurping up this woman, and it's nasty." And then like the John Williams score, which is kind of crazy. I thought that he's been nominated for every Star Wars movie except the prequels. He did not get a single nomination for the prequels. Which is, crazy. which is interesting because I really do like the Revenge of the Sith score. I like a lot. I know, he's, he's going hard with some of those scores. I and think there's like some great fates. I mean, like, that I was know. a very big, like, song and, like, that had its own, like, music video. Yeah, I think it might even have gotten, like, the Grammys, too. This is way so, before yeah. your time, but when I was, like, uh, so I was uh, 13 when Phantom Menace came out and there used to be this show called Total Request Live on MTV when they used to play music videos and you, like people used to call it and vote on like what music videos they want to see in their top 10 and in May 1999 Duel of the Fates was in the top 10 for like a month straight like that's how <laughs> that's how yeah. big and I'm like sitting there vibing and I can imagine like jabroni number five be like what the fuck is this <laughs> instrumental music playing on my mtv uh yeah. so yeah duel the fates was huge uh okay you, I, I had to i had to make sure it was not, he was not nominated for any of the prequels it's like right when you said duel the fates like ooh, that might have carried him in but no he was not nominated for any of the prequels because i made sure that's that's crazy and though. then and then he I got mean, in for all the sequels 
Yeah, which are good, but it is just one of those where it's like we're talking at this point how much of this music is original. When you get yeah. to the sequels, you're like, at this point, the music writes itself here. Like, it's 70% the same music. It's great music, but it is mm-hmm. the same. I concur. Um, so, do you have anything else on her? Uh, Luke's fit. He's got that all black you know, Gucci <laughs> fit yep. going on. I have that lightsaber. too. <laughs> that was always my that was my favorite. I was like, damn, he's looking fly up in here. <laughs> I that's just it, you know it just looks cool. I always thought that was the coolest looking thing as a kid. I was like, cool. And the green lightsaber. I like green more than blue when it comes to lightsabers. So when he had that in this movie, I was like, yeah. I I agree with Luke's look. I I love the dark. Oh, he uh, looks cool. I Great. yeah, they did well with uh mirroring that with Revenge of the Sith with Annie like with the dark yeah. with the dark garbs there so I agree with you there uh, I agree with also Jack on Luke like I feel his character confidence and motives are much stronger here than in the first two he is I've always considered Luke Skywalker one of the weakest of the heroes in terms of he's always whining feels very entitled this is the only one where I feel like he has direct motives confidence and i think that his character's well, handled the best year and i know yeah, there's... it came it came at the end he was wanting to start and now mm-hmm. he's getting into it i just know? i guess for me it was just there was never really growth because i feel like he was the same person in empire as he was in new hope and all of a sudden in return of the jedi he has like all the confidence well, in the world i guess if, once you get your hand cut that, off yeah. of being stupid that'll that'll yeah, teach that you, like, oh, you gotta that learn the hard way then all right um that would that would teach me like all right well i'm not doing that again i do feel like this movie has some of the small funniest subtle moments in terms of comedy wise like i really really like han's reaction when chewie's telling him all the events that transpired when he was frozen mm-hmm. in carbonite and how like everything's going crazy because he's not around uh age the best as well princess leia's choice of attire that's two th- Oh, it was, it was it was her choice is what you're saying it actually it was her choice i actually have wow. that in the notes later um okay so you, you had to back up your claim yes, here. you didn't yes, want to get yes. called out <laughs> Ex- exhibit a as to why boba fett is the most overrated character in the history of star wars is in this oh, yeah. movie He's not. A, he's not even. A, I like him, but he's not a character. I will no. say that he is not a character. Yeah, he's an yeah. action figure, and he's I, cool as an action figure. He's great, but yeah, as a character, yeah. I I don't. I do not care as a character. And, and like Exhibit B is the both Boba Fett show, and we had to bring two other characters in to save it because his character uh, was so damn well, boring. That's uh, why I didn't watch the show. Or I had zero interest. I'm like, I don't care about Boba Fett. He looks cool. That's it. That's all I want. Agree with you, Jack. The that speeder sequence is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um. Entire throne room, thro- uh, throne room sequence, uh, lightsaber battle that I mentioned in the own. Uh, mm-hmm. Vader's death scene was actually pretty damn emotional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's what I have here. You guys pretty much touched on everything. I'll kick off what's age the worst because I always have fun with this. Um, All right. Start throwing them out. All right. <laughs> I'm going to save the Ewoks for last because there's some more... Uh, terrible things going on the construction workers on the death stars trust in the <laughs> empire based of the death star transaction let's look at it this way how fast you look at revenge of the sith and new hope that's like 20 something years or 17 let's go 17 and they barely got that sucker done in the span of six years they're almost done with the second one hey, and they what- knew what they were doing at this point now they were like ah just redo the whole thing and what yeah. happens? All these construction construction workers probably die at the end of Return of the Jedi when Death Star oh, yeah. explodes. Like I, I feel, I, mean, I feel very bad for for uh, for all those the working class, the, the working class. I mean, you, you think about then the first Death Star blowing up. You're like, well, how many of those people are actually evil people? When you go into like 
Yeah, I was gonna the say. janitor. Are we gonna kill the janitors now? Are they worth dying over? I was like, yeah, too late. <laughs> they like, did. They done. It's like the Empire State Building. It's like, oh, you think there's just like a it's a building that's like a bunch of businesses in there? Like, you think there's some <laughs> other businesses on the Death Star? See, it's like leasing out. Spaces. I think the difference why I feel less bad for the janitor in New Hope than I do for the construction workers in Return of the Ooh. Jedi is because in New Hope, it was done. They knew yeah. what they were walking into. They knew who they were working for. These guys are just building something. They didn't know they were going to get attacked. Well, they, and the think, Emperor has to show up. We're building the worst thing in the war, the universe. Like say, that's like, a good point. Still, not want it's that. Still like being built, but like like they're still working on the exterior. But they're like, don't worry, guys. Like our laser is like fully functional. That's so. I would say because the, the the rebellion definitely knows Death Star can blow up a damn planet. They did an Alderaan. So wouldn't you assume that <laughs> yeah. when you're building it, that rebels are going to be like, oh, wait a minute, let's not let this get built there. Let's actually be ahead of the game <laughs> yeah. here. So you, you got the risks. Um, we mentioned this before. Jabba's added sequence. Hot take: I've never really been a fan of the Jabba the Hut design as a whole, especially. Oh, I like, he's, I like uh, it's, it's like the the the, yeah. the the yeah, like the not the New Hope when they did the CGI thing. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. But like, I think he looks so cool and is gross and nasty. And mm-hmm. I love his voice, like his deep voice. And you have to read the subtitles. That's I always thought that was cool. So I saw. With the expectation of what he was, I I think that's what it did for me because I saw New Hope and um, Empire. Well, New Hope specifically without that sequence of Jabba. Oh yeah, that's, so I kind of was the first time you see him. That's yeah, so that was my expectation. So I was just like, uh, I guess. Uh, okay, but I do see. Your, I mean, the design is like the way like the it was set up was pretty dope but like i i it's it's i, I wanted more it's I also, guess. yeah it's also kind of funny that they 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 talk about java so much not so much but in mm-hmm. the first two movies where you're trying to assume who he is mm-hmm. and i think the original before they did it was like it was a guy <laughs> yeah yes it was, it was. guy like it's like a new yorker guy or he's just some mob <laughs> boss and it's just like and then you go into this movie and he's just some giant slug, slug. alien it's like i would not have thought that's who java was and then then it's it, it's a I think it's it's a good way to do it. The giant. I'm glad they didn't stick to it. Just a dude. That would they, be terrible. They should have like, just, just be boring. They could have done the Harvey Cartel, Harvey Keitel, and the Last Temptation of Christ. Just come in with a New York accent, like they did in. Yeah, it, it'd kind of be like um the guy in John Wick Four at the poker table. It's kind of what he would would be. Yeah, the, that's true. The the, the the fat guy there. He'd be like, ah, that's boring. You know, for doing it. At least they did something creative. All right, I have a couple of things about the. Oh, okay, Prince Jack. Jack's favorite thing. I like to critique hairstyles in movies. Um, oh. Princess Leia's hair on Endor is awful. Everything, everything about her attire, Which, I loved. In is the, it the long? The long hair is bad. The That's long terrible. hair is terrible, Jack. It's like, yeah. ironically, Risky yeah. Business came out in '83 because I don't know which one was worse, her or Tom <laughs> Cruise. It's so bad. Um, let me, and then finally, everything. About the Ewoks is awful. Mm. Now, one right. redeeming quality about the Ewoks. One, for a, a, a trilogy at that point that pretty much was batting a thousand. The fact that in reality, when you really think about the big picture, that the Ewoks are the reasons that the Empire was taken down is is, is an absolute crock of shit. Number mm-hmm, two, mm-hmm. they technically are villains because they're ready to eat these human beings and our heroes. Can we, can we, can we go they're, there? They're wild. They're, I mean, not wild animals, but like... They, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not they're equal opportunity killers they will kill but then you gotta get them on your side <laughs> exactly and ewoks's desire of of uh 3po i i they have a very 
poor choice and, in who they admire. Again, they were about to eat people. When you see a golden shiny guy, you're like, "Whoa, what <laughs> is that?" And also, you can't you can't eat three POs, so like that's you yeah. know, that's fine enough. I just hate their design. They're all fat. None of them work out. They're just like yeah. do nothing. They're 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 they're, they're, they're yeah. I, I'm not really. I, I hate them. They're, I have you seen before you go Hunter? Because I'll give it to you on the. On the on the I've not on seen the... the Ewok shows. Okay. I've not seen those, and I will not watch them. Please do, please. They're on uh, Disney Plus. They're just sitting look, there. For I don't. You. I don't even like the Ewoks. I'm giving a slight defense, but I'm not. I don't like them. I'm not gonna go like, oh, I've watched all the shows. I love them. Like, no, they're terrible. I not just think like but... where we could have been there. It's also, hindsight 2020, you're just like, damn, this really could have really, really worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Hunter, what do you got here? Uh, okay, I'm gonna give a slight defense here on the Ewoks. The British should have beat the Americas in the Revolutionary War, and America should have beat Vietnam in the Vietnam War. So if it was a war between the Empire and the Ewoks, oh, definitely Ewoks would have gotten glass, dusted, just destroyed. But this was a three-hour-long, single-day battle where the Empire doesn't know what they're walking into. And the Ewoks just have to hold off the Empire for a couple hours while the Rebels do all the work, really. They just have their one part of this plan in this giant battle, and just happen to be the final one. But if it was just like this was a battle that was gonna prolong the or like, and the war kept going after this, oh, the Ewoks would have gotten destroyed by that by the Empire. When oh, doing yeah. my research, that was one of the things that uh, apparently George Lucas's inspiration actually came from the Vietnam War and yeah. how like the technologically superior us managed to lose yeah. to like villagers. If, you know, if if we if we kept going and obviously we shouldn't have, but if we kept going to Vietnam and just said, all right, fuck it, we're just gonna just go full out guns blazing, yeah, we would have won. But like, that's not what she could have done. So. They have, yeah, it's it's just a single day battle. They only well, had to win for a for three hours. They basically had to win for three hours, and that was it. That's all they needed. One more note, I I noticed it at the end. Do they eat these stormtroopers? Because all you see is their uh, helmets at the end. That is that is yeah, left up to interpretation. So that's why I said they're equal opportunity. They'll eat the villains. They'll eat the heroes. They're they're like, hey, they're whatever. Explore that a bit more. That's true. And the Ewoks went full might in that three hours. So like after anything after that, the Empire would have just crushed them. So, so they, you used, have, they they went what, all out in that time and it worked. That when was, you saw them, that's at, all they needed. When you saw them in the celebration at the end of Rise of Skywalker, did you just say in the theater, "Let's go"? <laughs> they were at the celebration. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were. <laughs> I crazy enough. I literally watched Rise of Skywalker yesterday. It was on TV, so I watched the whole thing, and I don't remember. Yeah, that. yeah. It's like two Ewoks oh. just come out of the like it's a, it's a pan. I think it's a pan away shot, and then you just see two Ewoks just come up from the from the leaves, oh. and you see them. Hey, they they they've earned it. They've earned it. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker yesterday it was on T- TBS, so I watched that. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is fine. It's enjoyable enough. Last I don't Jedi think it's definitely yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. Last Jedi is definitely the best. I don't agree with any all the stuff that's changed in Last Jedi, but at least I appreciate that it's trying something. I it agree. is the best well-made Star Wars movie. It is a really well-made movie. So I yeah. concur. Uh, oh yeah, I gotta go into what's aged the worst for me is yeah. I think it is Princess Leia a bit, where she is the semi-leader of the rebellion for a while, and now she's just mm-hmm. another person. Like that's kind of that thing. It's the whole point of the first movie is to save her. We need to save this, you know, this person. She's got the plan. She does this, and now she's just a regular person. This group. It's kind of a weird, weird, awkward moment where a New Hope. She's the leader. Empire still is the leader. They all get separated. Now she's a regular person. And then when you get the sequel trilogy, she's the leader again. I'm like, so what was her arc? Is she just, she just does some weird thing. 
And the Rebellion, you talk about Age of Worst. They are the worst utilizers of Luke Skywalker in the world. You have literally <laughs> LeBron James on your team, and you're like, just just stick to the game plan, man. Just do your... They don't ever use him like they should. He's just... He's a Jedi. You don't just tell him to go with the regular team and do... Just be a team player. <laughs> stupid. And then all the special edition... Ad, uh, special edition additions... Yes. Uh, age the worst, just because it's just like mm, no point, literally no point. It's really annoying that Disney has the capability to release these and make more money out of my out of probably all of us to release the original cuts, and they just refuse to. Like uh, I, well, own- I would love. Uh, go ahead, sorry. No, I own them. I own the original cuts on Blu-ray, like on a mm-hmm. on a bootleg, because that's the only way I could get yeah. them. But like, it just sucks that we can't get them on like 4K. I know that's one thing I don't love about Disney owning is there won't be extra cuts or anything because they don't they're not really interested in that business. Like George mm-hmm. Lucas will just release extra cuts. He's like, ah, I just experimented. Here you go. And if he didn't like it, whatever. But at least he got something different. We're talking about like Rise of Skywalker had that like eight different scripts and they filmed so much different stuff. I'm just so curious. Like, what was that movie kind of supposed to be like? Mm-hmm. I'd love to see it, but obviously that'll never come out. They'll never release a different cut of that movie. Because I would be admitting that they failed, fucked up with that one, and they aren't going to do that for sure. So, Jack, what do you got? Mostly just overlap. Uh, kind of touching on a bit of what you were talking about earlier. I do think the big thing with Jabba the Hutt. I, I think we kind of talked about, it, but that character entrance, I don't think, is as nearly effective to newer viewers thanks to his inclusion in Episode Four. Really, because uh, hmm. we kind of t- touched yeah. on it, just like the constant like. Oh, I gotta like this could really save my neck from Jabba, and I gotta go see Jabba and just all that kind of like talking mm-hmm. about it. I know that like when I first watched it, like his character intro like really made an impact on me, and I was definitely remember I was like, mm-hmm. "What is that?" But yeah, and I do like his character design, just kind of like the griminess of him, and oh yeah, the the sleazy mob boss of it all. Uh, and then I had written down insert Ewok debate. I had that written. <laughs> hey, don't worry. What, what's, which side? Yeah, which side are you on, Jack? Weird, weirdly enough, I'm like kind of like in the middle. I don't have any like All really right. strong All feelings. Right. Like while I'm like, I can certainly acknowledge like the interesting factor of them beating the Empire. I'm also just kind of like, oh, well, you know, six-year-old me didn't really care. So I don't really feel the need to. And then I, the other, only other really thing just... Some moments somehow looked worse than the movies that preceded it. I don't know why, but this one kind of feels like the technology almost caught up to it. Yeah. I don't I don't know. We're like maybe they mm-hmm. like I'm sure like with Star Wars and Empire, you know, like they were like trying to do so many new things. And I feel like maybe by this time, like it had become more easily available to, for them. And so like it just kind of I don't know. Plus, there's also the least amount of like space stuff kind of in some ways because there's a lot of land stuff in this movie compared to oh, but the uh, whole the whole final the space other... battle is so cool yeah i was gonna say that's that's the thing like there's most of it is like on like stuff with like endor but like the space battle i mean that's one of my favorite star wars sequences especially when it comes to action sequences in the franchise mm-hmm. i didn't think oh, of yeah. it, i didn't think of it at the time but i don't know if you guys agree i think something that aged the best for this movie is the fact that social media didn't exist i think this movie would have been taken the task by social media if twitter was around especially the whole ewok thing like look at look at certain movies that come out now they get get eviscerated just because they don't like one minute thing can you imagine like the the disc- the discourse if 
the Ewoks take down the Empire on social media. I can't. I we can't. also have. We already have the Last Jedi. Which yeah. Is a good yeah, movie. we we got that already. I don't think we need to throw that in there. And it's also a blanket statement. If social media is around earlier, everything will be worse. That is true. That's a good no, point. No yes. movie would be a classic because no one would like any movie. Yeah, that, <laughs> that very good point. Very good point. Uh, all right, cool. So some categories here, Jack. I, actually, I'll do. I'll do my. I'll do my hot take first. Joe Spinell, that guy award. I. I I think it's Billy D. Williams, man, because he's Lando. He's Lando. Whatever I see him, he's Lando. Mm. Doesn't really matter what he's in. He's always Lando to me. Yeah, there's one other like kind of like it's a voice that I heard this time around, and I was like, that sounds so much more familiar, and it absolutely absolutely makes sense because Pat Welsh, the voice of E. T., voices Le- of Leia when she's like taking Chewie like to the uh like oh, to Java okay. and it has like that yeah, kind the, of robot that's E. T. Oh that's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, for half a second I was like, how does he voice a woman? I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. But no, I heard that voice this time around and like last summer was like the first time okay. I really watched E. T. in like yeah. years and I was just like, whoa. But Okay, I'm glad I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. That makes a lot of sense now. I, I actually that's cool. But Billy D. Williams, yeah, he's done some other stuff, but like, yeah, he's always gonna be uh, Lando. He, he, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you got anyone here, Hunter? The same thing. Uh, that guy in the movie. What's the What's the real definition, you guys? So, like, of? the when, way when you're, when you're picking up, you're picking the Lando for this. What did you? Why did you like pick for this? me specifically? When I look at this specific category, I always look at if I see this person in any other movie, I always think of that one character that he's known uh, for like there there's even moments and it's not in the case of billy d williams because um i knew his name but there are some moments where when i watch batman 89 i'm a huge fan of bob the goon but perfect example he was in one of our trivia matches uh, our, our duos trivia <laughs> title matches i knew who he was i literally said bob the goon i have yeah, no I, idea. I remember that because what was funny was i'm pretty sure that was like nowhere near his top list of credits but i knew oh. bob the goon was at batman i was like he just pulled like number like 15 yeah. so that's his, like, letterboxed credits so that's kind of where i go with that so like okay. bob the goon i know i know that's bob the goon i i to this day i don't know what his name was okay well, yeah. I would maybe say then uh, Ian Mc McDermott. Oh, Ian McDermott. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah, one too. That's a good one too. I, I, he appears. He's more of a theater actor, but like, um, the Lost City of Z. He's in that James Gray movie. He's in that movie. He's like the uh, financier, oh, or like shit. he's like a he's like a teacher to the the main guy. But he shows up, and every time he he'll say some senses a little slowly sometimes, like. That's just Emperor talk right there. He's like, the journey may well mean your life. And he's like, <laughs> like dude, that's creepy as hell. Like, do and that's, it. it was, especially I took my friends to that movie, which is a terrible idea. That's not a movie for somebody who's not in this stuff. But like when they saw him, like, yo, the emperor, I was like, yeah, he's a good guy here. So maybe that would be it. Cause that, he can't do anything else but be the emperor. Yeah. So and that's maybe a it's a good too. thing he's not in more movies because it would be distracting. Uh, Jack, our friend Al Martino's back. Miscast. Who is your miscast? I, 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 I have a pretty easy one here for me. It's the human. I was like, that's what I'm thinking about. Like the humans. Like most I of could, these. I, I was gonna say, like most of these humans, I've already been like, you know, pre-established. Like 
they're good. And like, don't know who I would replace. Uh, All right. Mine was. I would. I would. I would miss recast the CGI singer and put back in the old. <laughs> <laughs> you stole mine. That's mine was going to be. I just, just all CGI characters back to puppets. You miscasted them. That's that's literally what I had because I couldn't think of any people. I was like, oh, I think all the people are pretty good. Like they do their job. For me, but I put, maybe maybe you have one better. I do replace all the Ewoks with the Wookiees, yeah. like they're supposed to be. Oh, Return of the Jedi, and then we'll, we'll be good to go here. It is. It well, that's the thing in the David Lynch um video where he talks about it. He says George Lucas showed him Wookiees, mm-hmm. like plural. So I was like, well, I mean, Chewbacca was already well established; he'd be noticed. So it's like, so then when you say that, so Wookiees were like the original kind of thing, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, then that make more sense why they'd beat the Empire because they're yeah, like eight feet tall. Yeah, they they exactly, clobber. Yeah. I mean, you can see he's like, oh, they would win for a three-hour battle. They destroy them. They're they're huge. In that, si- it's it's. I was gonna say it's also sad because Revenge of the Sith. Like we do get that Kashyyyk battle, but yeah. it's it's kind of trimmed around. Like I mean, Order sixty six is happening. It's but... maybe like two minutes of footage if you really count yeah, it up, which, yeah, which but... is unfortunate because it's so cool. It's like damn. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, Maurice Joarth music moment of the movie um uh, i'll go here first uh the throne room just the whole lightsaber battle the the okay this just the darkness the luke luke and vader's green and red sabers battling and that mm-hmm. or that oh that score playing behind yeah that's my moment I, I i really really love it and it sucks because i can it's not even um it's not even on the score on the soundtrack damn yeah well, I, I'll have to try later. I gotta Somehow. go with I gotta go with the Yoda theme drop during his death. Yep, that's, um, good. Ooh, that's a good one. A specific, a, a spe- specifically, just like it changes pitches like multiple times throughout, always gets the uh, the emotional beat there. Arnold mentioned to um, that last stretch of uh, the space battle when the ships go into the Death Star. They pull uh, out the attack music from Episode Four. That's like. One of my very favorite pieces of music in the franchise. So when they pulled that one back, I was like, "All right, yeah, we're we're going into it now." Yeah, all all those John Williams ones, even in the uh, the sequel trilogy and this one, whenever the rebels are like kicking the high gear and actually fighting, whenever the music goes up, that's when I like sit up my chair. I'm like, "All right, <laughs> yeah. we're in Star Wars now. This is where it's at." So that's that's always one of those. And yeah, the throne room scene was mine. Where specifically the moment where. Um, Vader says, "Perhaps she will." Yep, 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 and then he, and then Luke just goes, "Never!" Crazy at him. Yeah. yeah, and then the music kicks up, and the camera's like panning as they're like hitting their lightsabers. I'm like, "Oh, this is." I mean, that's just a plus Star Wars, right it's there. It's simplistic in its lightsaber battle, but it's so effective because a lot Which of which people... is also, yeah, crazy that this is like there really wasn't many lightsaber action before this, really, because like Obi Wan and Darth Vader is a put it nicely not much for a little fight really, <laughs> yeah. it really isn't. Yeah. It's, it's a not confrontation a it's a confrontation yeah. it is it's one of those where you're like these guys have been in the, the league too long when they Shadow go from episode three and then they go from episode three fighting which is over the top and kind of silly but it's fun enough and to episode four where they're just kind of like eh, eh, eh. would you say would you five, say hunter it's like when garnett went back to the t wolves at the end of his career <laughs> Hey, that's mean, but not untruthful. <laughs> I'm going to say that. <laughs> and then, like, episode five, uh, half of that fight between Vader and Luke is just him and them walking around each yeah. other. Yeah. And it's, it's well done. It is well done. But, like, 
once you get to six, like they are like going at it, the lightsabers. And if, if that's what you wanted, you got what you needed. So agreed. Nice. Uh, Jack, six man of the film. Who do we got best, here? Best supporting, best supporting actor. actor. I mean, it's. I think it's got to be Ian McDiarmid. Um, mm. Only in a few scenes, but just like fully carries it. And I honestly forget he's only like seven years older than Mark Hamill. Like, mm-hmm. and and then they bring him back. And they like bring him back in the prequels, and I they even got him back in the sequel. And I remember being like, "How old is this guy?" I know. Like, I definitely thought he was like sixty when I was like five, and it, he's got now, the ener- like the the physicality of a sixty year old. Obviously, the makeup doesn't, but like just sitting in the chair and talking, he I would imagine he'd be seventy or something in that movie. I agree. He's but if, go ahead. If, I was gonna say if we want to go for a real like. One minute on the board, like four three pointers and four assists. Tim Rose is Admiral Akbar with like yeah. maybe yeah. one of the all time great line deliveries in the Star Wars franchise from a character with maybe altogether what like thirty lines. What is like he? That. Oh, he's a Mon Cal- Calamarian. He's a Calamari, yeah, right? Yeah. Cal- Water based creatures out in space, you know. He's, he's, <laughs> he's down with the fight. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna go out and fight. Let's do it." It is very. I would love to speak to someone because mine is Ian McDermott too. Uh, okay. I think he does exactly what Jack mentioned. Like he comes in, twenty-seven points, fourteen rebounds, ten assists, just doing oh, the work. All right, that's triple not a double. Six, man. That's a, that's a, that's a goddamn superstar MVP right there. <laughs> he, uh, he, Jamal Crawford of this film. Good six man. All right, yeah, there you go. Lou, um, yeah, Lou Williams. It is very interesting though. Like I, I, and it's and Jack. Jack is not as big as Hunter and I are on the Last Jedi, but like the whole Snoke discussion. That was one of my favorite debates when I used to care about arguing with people about that mm-hmm. movie. The whole Snoke appears and he just gets killed the first time. I'm like, that's exactly what they did with the Emperor. One appearance. And he's killed off, but you don't see anyone complaining about it because of the, yeah. because of the prequels. But they did, they the did, origin. they did build up a Snoke with the the first movie a little more, and then. I and I know. do think we're going to get. He's less interesting. It very he is very much less interesting. I do agree. I do think where Star Wars is going because I know you don't watch them. You don't watch the Mandalorian, right? I haven't watched they're, a single. If if it's a television show, I ain't watching it. They're very much teasing the cloning of aspect of uh, where. Snoke and Palpat the new Palpatine comes in Rise of Skywalker now at the end of Mandalorian. So okay. I don't know if that's where it's gonna end up in, but they're very much teasing that. Um who do you have, Hunter, for six man? So uh, I got a question. I can look it up. So is the is the Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker, is he the OG one or he's is he a, a clone? He's a clone. Alright, see. I watched the damn movie last night and I still couldn't tell. And this is the third time I watched Rise of Skywalker. I don't know why I've watched this movie three times now, but so the I thing, don't I still didn't know that. The thing that's holding him, like when he's like the Yeah, he's, that he's contraption, like up and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's uh if I remember correctly, I think that's part of the contraption that keeps him alive as a clone but he's definitely a clone yeah yeah i thought it was that kept him as live as his regular self where he's got one percent health and he's got to you know stay on the the the, the health pack basically but i it's is very much not made clear and you could definitely tell that they were cutting around that left and right so yeah for sure unfortunate um, oh yeah six man of the year or six man of the film sorry uh i got salacious crumb 
the job job pet monkey basically <laughs> probably the biggest dick of the whole franchise he's just laughing at everyone's pain i'm like damn this man's it's, it's mean he's a real puppet he's just a nasty looking hairless monkey kind of thing nasty and then also all those Bothans who were killed to get that uh, information to the mm, rebels. You mm. don't even see them. What does a Bothan look like? What do they do? Did they fight bravely? Is this war where they spies? All we know is their service. Respect up to them. Do you remember the Family Guy Star Wars bit about that? Like during that scene, like right before that, li- right before that line comes, it oh. just cuts to two guys sitting there, and he just goes, "You know what's funny?" Bothans. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. <laughs> Ooh, that is true. That that's that's hilarious. I do love that. Um, and the <laughs> Becky O'Shea Icebox MVP of the film. I I think I'm gonna go with Mark Hamill here. I think this is his best outing as Ooh. as Luke. I'm gonna give him the I'm gonna give him the plug here. What do you got, Jack? Damn, you were you're trashing him for being whiny and stuff. Now you give him an MVP. <laughs> well, I was trashing him on being whiny in Empire and Star uh, and, and okay. New Hope. So, right. so he, he peaks he picks it he, up to this. Time. He peaks here, and then by Last Jedi, he's back to rare form. Okay. Uh, all right. Hmm. I I might be with you. I mean, part of me also wants to say like George Lucas because like. While we'll never know, like, how much, like, you know, like, Irvin Kirscher, like, Richard Marquand, like, how much they did, like, we still know that, like, there is a big lot of, like, George Lucas's brain and effort and, like, creations in this, so it's definitely still, like, his movie, even though he's not, like, the director or writer, so he's definitely still up there, Um, but I I would say in terms of, like, performances, Mark Hamill, definitely. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And Hunter, what do you got here? Mine's still James Earl Jones, and I think yeah. David Prowse was still Darth Vader at that yes, one. Yes, he was, yes. Uh, so that one. And then the, the fun answer was, I looked up the character's name, Arvel Crinard, who is in the A-Wing. He goes full kamikaze into that super <laughs> Yo! <laughs> in the Empire keeping their streak of massive weapons of war with very major design flaws where one ship goes into the control center and the downs of the whole state of Pennsylvania <laughs> pretty much but that is what it is but that guy he's like I'm going down and he goes straight in there and you see the, the imperial officers like jumping as the thing's blown up that was cool too, too late like, yeah full full MVP right there he's like yo if I'm going down I'm going to take him out and that's he does a, that's a great pull <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's the MVP man where he gets an extra couple like medals and flowers on his grave. Where it's like, oh yeah, you deserve a little more. A peaks and valley. Um, all right, peaks, fellas, is this the peak for construction turnaround time? God. Well, I, I can't mean, think I, of I movie wise. I can't think of anything. I have to ask. Um. How much time is between Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi? It's like thirty something years, I'm gonna say. Wait, Rise of Skywalker? You mean Return of the Jedi and Revenge? Of the oh, Sk- sorry, yes, yeah, yeah, Return of the Jedi to Rise of Skywalker. The end of one uh, trilogy, the end of the other. It's like 30, 40 years, I would give say. Or take, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say right there because the, at Rise of Skywalker, I'm gonna, I keep bringing it up. <laughs> the, he, he summons eight million star destroyers <laughs> in that movie full of people so he was building shit by himself i might add this clone emperor so that's construction right there also a big plot hole in that movie it's like where are this? yeah who what, are what these is people this? what is this what are we doing here the red stormtrooper like, is still a nice touch in in uh again in Rise the, of Skywalker. The, the the boba fett of like 
not characters, but damn cool action figures. <laughs> I'd love to have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, but but yeah, construction time. I mean, they. I think they just pull out the blueprints of Death Star One for some stupid reason. Just said, do it again, even though we just <laughs> found out that didn't work. Why would we do it again? Is this the peak for forest in film? Forests or the forest? The forest, as in like the indoor forest. Oh, the trees. Okay. The- um, Jack, I mean, it doesn't J- show up any other time except go, you Kashyyyk. know where I'm going. <laughs> Wait, Jack, what do you got? Well, Jurassic like Park? A, I was say, well, that too. I was going to say, I mean, King Kong has a jungle. That is so. true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, well, too. that's true. Apocalypse Now is before this. And that's, more of, that's, that's more of a jungle Damn, I think I would, life kind of thing. I think I would so do Apocalypse. But if I had to choose, I think it's Apocalypse Now. Like 100 Yeah, I think there is a. I mean, because they're both, you know, well, one is actually Vietnam and Endor is modeled after it to an extent yeah. i mean i mean vietnam is still not going on but still very fresh at that moment so mark mm-hmm. hamill yeah. this is the peak for mark hamill or is it the joker? oh yeah i mean uh, he doesn't he doesn't have another leading when did he when did he start film. doing joker 1992 okay okay yeah. yeah but he is like a level uh voice talent though yeah, specifically oh, yeah. Joker, but other stuff. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have another role in a movie really until the new, the new Star, Star Wars. Wars. Films. That's why yeah, I kind of so. like when I'm looking at his peak, I agree 100 percent with you. Like, I think his voice acting career is like one of the best. Which is yeah. which is good on him that he, you know, because obviously you can't do. He, I don't know if he realizes himself or the roles he was getting. Where once you go from Luke, you can't just go to a regular dude in an indie movie or whatever. You can't just be. Right. Another guy, everyone's gonna see Luke Skywalker. So he went full voice work, you know, and just dedicated himself to that. And he turned out he's, you know, top tier all time voice talent guys. So for sure. my jaw, my jaw dropped when I learned that he voice skipped on re- on when he voice skips on regular show. Uh, when I when I learned that, it's just such <laughs> it, like a it, date. It's such a nasal it, voice, and I'm like, that's yeah. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 great how good he is at that. And that's all I have here. What do you got, Jack? Hmm. Is this the peak of villain redemptions? Ooh. Try to think of other ones. I'm going to start by saying yes while I think about this. <laughs> I know. That's how I'm trying to think. Walter Ooh, White? He's not redeemed. He, go, he goes the opposite way. <laughs> but then he redeems at the end. No. When I mean, he lets just no, oh, okay. I mean, I want to say to the same ex- like extent. Well, like thinking of like the kind of blocking out like the prequels and that, just like thinking about like the people who saw it like in theaters, you know, going with Vader that whole way. Okay, and then mm-hmm. en- ending like that, you know, Ooh, like that's yeah, because Vader is still like I think pure, the like AFI AFI list. He's still number one villain. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's, and like I don't, and even though like yeah, it's like he do, he did. It, like there's definitely like that sympathy there for him, but it's like he's definitely still like a hard villain. I'm staring in yeah. my big franchise area of my house to see if <laughs> I, know, I can think I of like, anything. There might yeah. be one. I'm gonna the, the, I'm gonna the one tr- that I know people always talk about comes from TV, and that's um, and that's Azuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, that's I, like the <clears> other. <throat> yeah, would, you're out on that. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't know. That's, that's, that's a, a good one. That's that's, that's a really that's, good oh one. Larry Vaughn. <laughs> Okay. Oh, is that like Jaws two? Do we get to that in Jaws two? Oh, we... all right, all right. Here's one I actually think: uh, Doc Ock from Spider Man two. Yeah, that's a good. That's one. a good one. That's a very. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. That's it's a... not. It's not the same level, but it's mm-hmm. that's it's close. So, so I, I think guess I you would are say right. Yeah. Peak. 
It would be Pete Johnny Barry. Lawrence from the Karate Kid. They but do Johnny, say that. Johnny was... Lawrence. Here's my thing. No, hold on. Here's my <laughs> thing. I have not seen. I have not seen one second of any Karate Kid. So uh, all don't I will come say. No, no, I'm not coming at you. I'm just gonna say <laughs> okay. when you right. get there. When you get there, I hope you're on my side of things here. Johnny Lawrence was never the villain to begin with. So Bar- Barney mm-hmm. Stinson. <laughs> it's, it's... He, made, he made that take popular. And I'm probably I'm so... responsible for Cobra Kai. Not for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it, two two others say the Winter Soldier from MCU, which is he really a villain? Because if he's brainwashed the whole time, yeah, that's it. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Snape from Harry Potter. Ooh, Ooh yeah, that's yeah. a cool. Which I I get that's, I give I a good one, but that was also written in the book. So in a movie version, it's like it's not original. And I also think, and I also I don't know if you guys agree because I love that's my favorite character in the whole Potterverse. Was he ever really a villain to begin with? I don't really, I don't really think so. When you really know yeah. his full story, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah it, it just depends on how you like view yeah. it and like how half the reason they first. put him here is just he's just such a good character. I that's yeah, hundred so, percent agree. But yeah, uh, they say Darth Vader is like the prototypical so, the Tyrannos- Hawk, the Tyrannosaurus so Rex in Jurassic Park. Well, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I was never really like a full. That's like a redemption, but I never like hated. I guess the Jurassic Park. I thought I it like it's it's a, really I was like a monster, you know. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's not really redeeming you know? itself. It's just still. It's just like an nature. animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm hungry. There's some. Yeah, it's <laughs> not like oh, there's I'm some good velociraptors now. <laughs> over there. All right, what else you got? The the other big one I had uh, that's like a discussion point. Peak space battle. <sighs> Took mine. Because no, we're gonna that, be we're gonna be talk because I mean the only other one that really comes to mind is in the same franchise and that's the Battle of Yavin from Star Wars. Yeah, I, I like this one more because yeah. this is this is just a larger battle of space. Yeah, this, that that one this one's more of a battle whereas like that other one feels kind of more like a mission. I think I like that yeah. scene more just because like that's on the very small list of like the movie moments that I've seen the most mm-hmm. in my life. Like I could probably oh, yeah. do that scene with sound effects word for word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but true. yeah, I think this one is much more. And I, I also, I didn't talk about that in what's age the best. Um, kind of like the cross cutting of like all the different like action scenes and how we've kind of like evolved. Cause like in star Wars, we just had one and just kind of like one through line. Empire, we then start to balance two with Luke and his stuff, and then everything with Han, Leia, and Lando. And then here we have the lightsaber duel, the space battle, and then the land battle on Endor. Yeah. It's kind of why this is one of my, this is my favorite, because like the last hour of this movie just moves so So well. So yeah. I just, I all three parts I'm really interested in, you know, so uh, when it just, once, yeah, once fly casually all the way, maybe, <laughs> maybe sp- skip the initial Ewoks when they're in the village and talking and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, th- maybe skip that part, but That's after that, that, it's really great. Pull so much of them just hanging oh, in the I'll, village. Oh, I forgot. All right. I forgot one thing. Talking about that, age the worst, um, is they acknowledge that Leia has force powers, kind of, mm-hmm. and she's part of this family. They do absolutely nothing with that information. Which is kind of yeah uh, yeah it's it's one of those, the treatment of her character where she's really not doing a whole lot where she's like yeah I'm part of the super the most powerful force family in the world she might turn the dark side I'm like well, Leia's never once mentioned force powers they don't do anything with it so like it's not really much thing yeah it's a good one um, it's it's not it's it could be a lot better especially in the newer trilogy too that the sequel they 
barely talk on that one. It, the only time she uses her force is in the Last Jedi, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, uh, I guess for Valley, who had the best career after this, is Harrison Ford. Like, not even. Oh yeah, not even All close. The original, of, like the main. Yeah. Three. I mean, Carrie Fisher had a respectable career too. Yeah, that's. I because mm-hmm. Harrison Ford remained a list top tier actor. Carrie Fisher was like a writer and actor too, where she did her own thing. And then Mark Hamill went voice work. So they all kind of did their own thing. They're all did their thing. Yeah. I will I say mean, maybe, maybe you could say George Lucas because he just did the prequel trilogy. And got richer. This. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's true. Like if, you know, he did he get made, that he, he got one product and then sold it for like a billion, billion dollars. Did, did, yeah. did, did, the American did, dream. <laughs> the American dream. But he didn't, he didn't exactly enhance the product as well. I'll say that. Yeah. Where, uh, I agree yeah. there. Um, all right, cool. So let's finish this up with some fun facts about Return of the Jedi. Um, I try to limit this because there's obviously a lot of stuff about this movie mm-hmm. and just the franchise as a whole. So I try to find stuff that um, you guys may not have known. But Jack, for some reason, every time I do, he's always on his game and he knows all for the majority of all of these. All right. All so right. number one, the Emperor's chair was... Uh, set up so it could rotate when the scene called for. However, the mechanism never worked properly, so Ian McDermott had to make it move by shuffling his feet. A piece of feet. tape <laughs> a piece of tape on the floor told him when to stop so it would not be visible to the camera. Jack, you already uh, knew this. Is, I, I read that before I rewatched this the other day and I totally like I, I it wasn't very obvious, but I could very kind of see like kind of see like the, 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 the tiny little bit. The tiny movement of like the bottom of his feet, like under the cloak, and I was just they like, didn't give Stop. him like a they didn't give him like a like those scooters used in gym class. They didn't give one of those for his feet, or like, like, or like, even like a they put like a skateboard underneath his feet so he could like kind of <laughs> like uh, level movement. I I I mean they I don't know they couldn't. It is also one of those for these forty million dollar movies where it's like yeah you just gotta use your feet to shuffle the chair man like, I was like <laughs> and it kind of shows it's like okay. Um, number two, speaking of McDermott, he was originally cast as a physical performance of the Emperor, similar to David Prowse in uh, New Hope. Lucas uh, would let him use his on camera vocals in the final cut. Would not let him use the final uh, his vocals in the final cut of the movie. However, McDermott felt he could conduct a stronger, wicked, and demonic voice. And Steven Spielberg was so impressed by his take that uh, he suggested to Lucas to make him the voice of the Emperor in the end. Did See, you... this, this is why Spielberg's one of the OG great. All right, obviously everyone agrees, but why is my favorite? It's like, McDermott's killing it with this. For sure. He's killing it. He's so uh, good. Did you know that? Did you actually know that one, Jack? Or did I get you I there? Guess, I guess I missed that one of my trivia. Great. Thinking. Fake scripts were distributed to cast members that were considered likely to leak information to the media. Some of these. I even then, leaks for something. Some of these phony story elements that were included leaked, such as Lando being revealed as the last hope for the Jedi mentioned by Obi Wan and Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's just George Lucas. You're like, you know, what would fuck with them the most? <laughs> they should do this con- still. Especially in this era, yeah. It's like these big, I, mean, fr- I, I bet they, I bet they do. They probably did with some. They just maybe didn't leak. I guess. No, I, I think what happens now is we just have trolls online just tweet false stuff about yeah, what happens true. in the movie. That's true. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember hearing like, I, I'm pretty sure I definitely heard somebody say like. Chewie died in like the Force Awakens, and I was like, "Well, I did. You're on the right track." <laughs> I did remember hearing that for like Rise of Skywalker. And then he gets the fake. They fake his death in yeah. there. 
Which I was, I half believed and half didn't because I'd read that. And I didn't, I was like, nah, he doesn't die. And then he does, they commit to it, but it's so poorly done and unceremonious. And like, no way they just kill him like that. It's so yeah. stupid. Uh, and they didn't, which is good. Hayden Christensen mentioned in an interview that he didn't fully know what George Lucas was up to when he was inserted into the 04 special edition. Otherwise, quote, he would have played that scene totally different. Yeah, I can see I can see that I mean, being true. He is kind of just standing there. <laughs> I mean, it's also it's it is also that thing in the in the, in the you know what what else is what else could he do? That's kind of what I'm thinking cuz there's no close up. It's just the, the wide shot of the three yeah. of them. Like what do you do from that <laughs> distance you just Cuz even if you smiled more, I could barely tell. Like you're far away. So, according to Gary Kurtz, the original treatment ended with Luke Skywalker walking off alone and exhausted like the hero in a spaghetti western. Going into seclusion by walking out of the Tatooine desert, George Lucas opted for a happier ending to encourage higher merchandise sales. I mean, Bottom dollar. Well, that would that would tie into the Force Awakens. Yeah. So absolutely. Interesting. I did not know that it one. Is, Interesting. It it is one of those problems, not problems between the two trilogies that Luke, from the happy ending, sees the good in his father mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to being just. a grouchy little hermit yeah Yeah, grouchy person like it's not a clear they they do like ryan johnson does his best to explain in the last jedi but there is no clear transition from that like why is he gone now why does he just hate everybody so it makes no sense Uh, a shout shout out to construction workers out there the second death star was approximately 460 percent larger than the first one god Damn. <laughs> I mean, I guess because the, the original Death Star, they just went through a trench on the outside. This is, they're on the inside going yeah. through the whole thing. They got a mall in there. Sending mul- multiple they, in there? I mean, they got a mall in there. They got a, they got a Chipotle in there. Say, is it, isn't, this one like, isn't this one like stationary because it has like a shield on the planet mm-hmm. where it's like the first Death Star just like moved like all throughout? That's so. true. That's true. Damn, four and sixty percent. Now it makes it even crazier. They were like halfway done with it. That you know quickly. how many people died on that now, knowing it's four hundred sixty percent bigger. <laughs> I um, mean, George Lucas admitted to being on set frequently due to Richard Marquand's rel- relative inexperience with visual effects. Not shocking still- there. I I have to read up like what why did they hire him is kind of the thing is because uh, you look at his filmography I looked at it, there's like he made like two movies before this that were like decently reviewed but it's not like oh yeah he should be the next Star Wars guy yeah. it feels like Compared why to, like Spielberg you know I, like I, maybe I don't know if you agree why they hire the majority of Marvel directors because that's, they'll that's do what, what they want they just want to because Lucas isn't great with dialogue and. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially in the the prequel trilogy when they're all dialogue scenes, they're not the greatest. But when it kicks into special effects and lightsaber battles, it's good stuff. So maybe they just need a guy to do that, and it did pretty well. With Marquand did good so. for sure. The first screening of uh, Jedi was reportedly a disaster, with Lucas deriding the editing and the and the fact that it didn't feel like Star Wars, like a Star Wars movie. Eventually, editor Sean Barton did his own cut that Lucas preferred a lot more, and it was this cut from which the final version of the film was crafted. Has any Star Wars film looked good in the rough cut, it sounds like? Yeah. like Star Wars so. 1 was terrible in the rough cut, <laughs> and then it's great. And then you see like the Phantom Menace behind the scenes, they show a rough... They don't show it, but they show the reaction rough cut that it was terrible. Still it didn't my work out as well. I might have, I, I, I might have <laughs> gone a bit far and gone yeah. too far. <laughs> so I was like, does any Star Wars movie look good at the start, I guess? So, definitely I don't know. not. Because, like, again, they talked about like they had like six cuts of Rise of Skywalker right before they released it. Not like major ones, but I'm like, does anyone know what they're doing before they release these movies? Uh, 
An early version of the script featured Obi-Wan Kenobi returning from the dead. Glad that didn't happen. Yeah. He's he's good in this. He's good in the, the scene he has here. I always keep forgetting he shows up in this movie, too. This he's, re- he's doing well. This remind I I know Hunter doesn't watch maybe he did watch it because it's a limited series. Have you guys seen the show Hollywood? The Ryan Murphy show? The, the Netflix show? No, I have not. Heard of it, so this reminds me of something that happens in that show. Uh, on what is dubbed Black Friday, 100,000 feet of film stock containing visual effects shots that couldn't be read uh, in an optical printer were unceremoni- unceremoniously dumped by George Lucas. The crew at ILM were forced to go back to the drawing board and start again from scratch, with many getting drunk when they heard the news. So he got rid of like special effects shots. Like they couldn't be used. Like they were useless. Was this like stuff? after like the previews where it was like not it, good? It doesn't specify yeah. it. He just says that okay. Lucas mm-hmm. decided to get rid of a thousand, hundred thousand feet of film footage, which is huh. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it sounds insane. I yeah, a little more context is term like when was this? What was it? But, I mean, if people are getting drunk over it. Probably wasn't a good time. For yeah, that, for so. sure. Uh, I think you guys are aware this Ian McDermott's character is never named Palpatine in this movie. He is just the Emperor. The Emperor. Yeah, um, that's true. Bad news. For, this would have been bad news for for Hunter. Originally, Luke Sky, uh, Luke's lightsaber was going to be remain blue. There was a scene. Um, there was uh, green is cool. A scene in the original trailer where he actually still has the blue lightsaber because they had cut a scene with him building his own lightsaber to the green one, but in the end they went and re-edited the trailer to change the color from blue to green. Uh, See, even when Anakin Skywalker in Episode Two gets a green lightsaber for five minutes, I'm like, yeah, yeah, green yeah. lightsaber, and then he goes he goes back to blue because that's the lightsaber he's supposed to have because that one car- keeps carrying over. But yeah. I always love like what could have been casting wise. These casting what ifs. Uh, mm. An Oscar winner was considered for the Emperor. Mm. Recent Oscar winner? Recent Oscar winner of the year before this movie came out. So 82. Who? I'm trying to think who won. Has Robert Duvall? No. 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 Oh, is it Ben Kingsley? Yes, sir. For the Emperor? Yes, sir. I mean, I, I, I'm Maybe, not going to say Ben yeah. Kingsley couldn't do it, but I I think Ian McDermott does such a good job. To compare it to, and yeah, yeah. that too. Because like Ben Kingsley did crush the Mandarin role, but before he becomes like the joke, yeah. when he's doing those videos, he's, he's crushing it. In that. I agree. So I'm like, so like I, he could do it. I could see him doing it. I always say like to like Marvel fans like that Iron Man. I I enjoy Iron Man three. I probably would it'd probably be in my top ten if the Mandarin stayed the way. It was going, yeah, because I think he's he phenomenal. Was, he's so good at it. Um, yeah. This is going back to my Carrie Fisher thing from earlier in the episode. <clears throat> Carrie Fisher was proud of her no. figure, disliked the very non-flattering outfit she wore in the first two movies. Um, George Lucas mistakenly thought he was doing her a favor by desexual desexualizing the character. Fisher complained that she wasn't being made to look like a woman. These complaints led to the skimpy bikini outfit choice. She was delighted, saying, "I've been covered up for far too long." All right, good for her. There you <laughs> go. If she if she wants it and she, you know, there you go. Another shot at Boba Fett. George Lucas admitted in the 2004 DVD he had no idea the character of Boba Fett actually become so popular. I mean, it 
it's they only call the, how... they only call the character by name once in the show, and it's like literally or in the movies, and it's literally like five seconds before he dies. <laughs> it, it definitely Solo. shows in the movies that they were not anticipating this to be a popular character, or like or even just like a character. Like he's just a cool looking dude. <laughs> That's sure. how they treat him in the movies. And the last couple shooting uh, shooting the scene of Darth Vader's unmasking was handled with so much secrecy that Sebastian Shaw was not even told he would be doing it until he arrived on set. Mm. Pretty cool there. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill pitched the idea of Luke donning Darth Vader's helmet after Vader's death, leaving the ending open-ended, but George Lucas declined. I say it's already way too happy. That'd be the darkest ending right? possible. I'd be like, damn, <laughs> we're just going to keep going. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill has said he took great issue with the revelation that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, going as far to accuse George Lucas of making the idea up on, a pl- on the plane ride to set. Lucas wanted to end Star Wars saga to spend more time with his family. Lucas therefore opted to combine the characters of Lucas of Luke's unseen sister with Leia, thus resolving the Skywalker family storyline and the Han Leia Luke love triangle that was set up in the first two movies. Luke and Leia being siblings is really not that important, honestly. Yeah. For for a while. I mean, really it they The Last Jedi has them talk to each other at the end and then they don't talk to each other in the the, the the Force Awakens. Like, really, there is barely any story or content, oh, for lack of a better word, that comes out of that revelation. Uh, Leia's strangling Jabba was an homage to The Godfather, where Luca Brasi's killed. <laughs> hey, good for him. I mean, it is pretty similarly shot and, I mean, done. So, I guess. Along yeah. with Ep- along with Order sixty six in Revenge of the Sith was an homage to the baptism sequence in The Godfather as well. I mean, I mean George Lucas was the one who kind of nudged Coppola to take the movie. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the he, Order he gets his little dig. Order sixty six oh, yeah. is like really good. So that that scene is really well it's definitely the like the best part of that movie so i was like yeah that that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then going back finishing off with i mentioned obi-wan before in the original script it was also uh said that yoda and anakin skywalker would be resurrected from the dead but which would be weird because anakin skywalker means absolutely nothing to anybody yeah. at that yeah. time period again like which going to what you it... said like imagine he's resurrecting he just shows up be like hi guys What's going yeah, on? Yeah, because the same, the original cut where you just, the old man version of him shows at the end. I was like, I have no context for who that is. I yep. don't care. Like, that makes no sense. <laughs> for like, sure. Who cares? Alrighty, so that is it. Jack, you always have some extra stuff. Did I miss anything? Uh, just a couple of little interesting things. Uh, according to Star Wars canon, uh, apparently Luke had actually been to the Sarlacc pit before. Uh, and that during his adolescence, it was a popular dare amongst his friends to jump the Sarlacc pit <laughs> in a low-flying sand skimmer, which I could believe it. Because he kinda, it would it'd be something. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, you know, he's like, he spent, he in episode four, like, you know, he spends his days out shooting, like, womp rats and all that kind of stuff. So jumping over a sandworm, I could totally see that being the case. Dave, do you know how many people it took to work Jabba the Hutt? For production, I want to say Ooh. twenty. Not that crazy, but it's six. Six. I was going to say five. Yeah, five. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, and watch, watching it more recently this time, it was like he had like he blinked like this, but then his eyes, I think, also kind of went like sideways too. So yeah, he's got some lizard eyes, nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <stuff like that. laughs> 
Um, I brought that up. Uh, and then, yeah, there was also one other scene cut that involved a gang in a sandstorm after the whole Sarlacc pit, I'm guessing, mm. I guess, before mm. they get to space. Yeah, I think this movie kind of flows really well as is. And I, I always after, forget. After that scene, I don't really know what the purpose of it would kind of be. Yeah. It's, yeah. Or you said, I always forget forget how long Jabba's palace is like it is mm-hmm. really 25% of the movie is just that it's yeah. like f- almost 35 minutes I remember it's good but I always forget that like it goes for that long yeah it's essentially a, a two set piece movie with like Endor in the middle yeah. right oh yeah um but yeah that wraps anything else Jack or you're good uh that was it Alrighty, so that wraps everything up for this week. Next week, we're bringing the draft back, and and we travel to Cannes, which this should be a very interesting hey, draft. There's there's a lot to pick from, so don't worry. We're not gonna go I, for I'm gonna go or and, I'm gonna It's, go it's, it's bountiful. Ask, I'm gonna go on and ask this now. Does it have okay. to be in competition? Yes, and I did want to. I was going to tell you that after this pod is over, it has to be in competition. Oh shoot, really? Okay. So it has. It cannot be an out. You can't do Elvis. You can't do Top Gun Maverick or anything like that. It has to be of the twenty films that competed for the Palm d'Or that year. Okay. All right. That's fair. But you can still pick Shrek and Shrek Two if you really want to. (laughs) It it will count. It will count. They were they were in competition for some reason. All righty. So, Jack, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd uh, at JWRenaud2. Uh, you can also just look up my name. And you can find all of us also on the League of Cinephiles. We're in the middle of our movie trivia tournament. And you can also find us on the Critics Circle. Hunter. You can find me at thecinodispatch.com. I'm in the middle of rank, doing a 2024 Oscar preview of ranked 50 movies that will probably be competing for the Oscars. We're making our way down to the final Couples, I mean, I'm halfway through now. So we talk about Dune Part 2. We can obviously expect it to be one of the higher-ranked ones. So, And then, yeah, I'm going to be going to Cannes in about two and a half weeks. So preview of that. And I'll be talking more about it next week. We have the full schedule. Awesome. And you can find me at the thecinematicreel.com. I will... Not as fun as Cannes, but still fun. I'll be covering the Tribeca Film Festival in a few weeks as well. So that should be... I can't wait to watch movies that Hunter and Jack will be able to see in about two years. That, that should I be... Mean, I, I don't want to say... I'm, I could be mean. Just call it... Tribeca is just Sundance Rejects. That's the mean way to call it. But I will not be that mean. I do, okay. I do enjoy the festival. No, uh, um, I am very... I could be mean because I have no plan to ever cover it. So yeah, they don't have true. to know that. They don't have to know that. But you actually go to it and... I mean, there are great movies. I'm not going to slander it, but you know, it's no. That yeah. is that exactly what it's been called for people I know too. So I, well, I that never... too. It's not. This isn't a term I made up. Yeah, know, full disclosure. I, I, I'm taking that term. I'm not that creative to make that up. And yeah, you can also find me on Instagram, Cinematic Real, or Box. That's just Cinematic Real. Until next week, guys. See you at the movies, kids.